Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Yo, what the fuck is up, y'all? Welcome to another motherfucking episode of Kill the Mockingbirds. I'm your host, Sean Chris, alongside me riding shotgun. What's up, y'all? This is Joel Thomas. How y'all doing today? And like we were telling you guys, teasing uh, last week, we're finally getting into the guest world again and uh, getting guests on. And today we got Ryan from Dangerous World Podcast. What's up, man? Hey, not much, guys. So uh, honored to be on the show here. It's going to be cool. Yeah, definitely. And uh, oh, my bad. <laughs> we brought on Ryan because he he was going to talk about. Yeah, you know, we were we was listening to too much of Ryan's podcast and we got so many questions, man. Like, uh. Uh, and we already, you know, we did one with uh, White Rabbit and uh, um, The Great Deception. So, like, me and Ryan have had a couple uh, go-arounds, and he's got a lot of knowledge. But I really liked when he was touching on the uh, Lucas Trust, and, and I didn't really know too much about that. You know, I don't know about you, Joel, if you knew much about that. A little bit. I mean, just in passing, it's one of those secret societies that's not talked about a lot. Um, I think only really the, like, the deep truthers know a lot about it. I mean, the way they present it is a good thing. You know, it's kind of tied in with the UN and uh, that type of thing. So, you know, it's all about love and togetherness. And at least that's what they put out on the, on the front. But, you know, obviously it's tied in with Lucifer. And if anybody understands Luciferian doctrine, for sure. And and it being uh, tied in with the UN. And another thing that was tied in with the UN that was uh, a little bit of news this week is the uh, Georgia Guidestones. You know, like, I know it's not exactly connected, but, you know, it's another one of those little branches that we seem to fall down on. That's a fun one, isn't it? And there was already a lot of people kind of debating whether this was like a good thing or a bad thing or what it exactly means. But, yeah, man, I, uh, I say it's good anytime these things fall down, but I do think that... Uh, you know, on, on my, one of my 
episodes, I was calling it like the New World Order's 9-11. Like this is like one of their biggest monuments and it just got attacked. And what happened after our 9-11 was that we we fought a, a fake war for 20 years. You know what I mean? So I'm hoping that this isn't like a sign of things to come, like a bad omen of sorts where they're going to start attacking the people um, of the United States and the world, really. I mean, there's, you know, ex-world leaders getting assassinated and, you know, world leaders resigning. And it, it's just a it's a wild time to be alive, as as it has been over the last two years, man. Great time to have a podcast, though. Sure, I guess. I mean, <laughs> you know, if we want to talk about this crazy stuff, there is no shortage of content, right? Yeah, because if it wasn't this, then I would just be talking sports and I'd have to be waiting right now because I'm not a big baseball guy. I like baseball a little bit, but it doesn't really get hot until September. Football's a long way. So, yeah, it's good that some of this stuff's happening. You know yeah, I mean? dude. Do you do, do you do sports on your show a lot? No, I, I had a, I have a sports show as well. Yeah. I have another podcast. I have like three podcasts. I do the White Rabbit, Kill the Mockingbirds, and I got another one called Over the Influence where we talk about like sports, music, and like all kinds of like bullshit, current events, but like funny current events. Nice. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. But yeah, man, the, the Lucius Trust, and I actually did find this 10-point plan too, so we can go over that. Nice. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know where you guys want to start, but I mean, ask away. I'm, I'm, I'm an open book, you know? Why don't you start at the beginning thought- for sure? Okay. I mean, yeah, that's good. It's uh, so it's an interesting thing. You know, I I forget exactly how I came across this, but I had this buddy. His name is Shannon, and he's going to hopefully start a podcast soon. He gives me tons and tons of information. And, you know, he always is bouncing ideas off me and I'm doing the same. And we came across this Maitreya figure and Maitreya ties in really well with the Lucius Trust and with the UN and this one world religion stuff. But um, basically, this Lucius Trust was started by Alice Bailey and her husband, Foster. And Foster is really where that UN connection comes in um, down the road a little bit. Now, Alice was influenced a lot by um, Madame Blavatsky and the theosophy and all the stuff that she was up to. This really weird kind of blending esoteric Eastern and Western religions. And, and I guess she traveled the world. Um, just trying to find the source of like our existence, like why are we here, and all these real questions that are kind of too deep for most people, I think, to even try and begin to understand. Me included, you know what I mean? I, I have no idea what the hell we're doing here on this planet, man. But it's um, it's fun to speculate on, and these people seem to think that they know exactly what's going on, and they keep this this information hidden from a lot of people. And um, you know, she goes on to to basically worship this lady after she's been really mistreated by a christian preacher i think he was an episcopalian i guess they got in many fights he'd throw her down the stairs and do all kinds of really brutal shit to her and um so then she she gets pushed into worshiping darker forces and i think that is like a very brief summary of kind of how she gets involved man but they start this um lucifer trust after she you know goes from being a christian to looking into this darker stuff and just gets completely obsessed. And she has a, a few suicidal attempts as a kid ends up um, one day seeing this character walk into her room. And I, for me, it sounds like a hallucination that uh, this guy named Kuth Humi, and he is sort of like, um, like an Eastern version of Jesus Christ, a messianic figure. She actually thought it was Jesus when she first saw him. And um, yeah, man, just goes on to to create the Lucifer Trust with her husband. Um, at the time, they were just kind of dating, I guess. 
this uh, this preacher pushes her into this dude's arms and and he ends up being a he's a secretary for the Lucifer Trust and um, or I'm sorry for the um, for the Theos- Theosophical Society in California where they met. And um, I mean, it all just snowballs from there, dude. And that's the one that uh, Blavatsky started, right? Blavatsky started the Theosophical Society. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. and she she was a Russian immigrant, man. She well, I found it really interesting and and super significant that she's the first Russian woman to be be made a, a citizen of the United States. So you know, it's just kind of one of those things. Does it tie into the Theosophical Society? I don't know, but she's definitely a heavy hitter when it comes to like you know this religious aspect of her life, and then you know politics because you know that that whole system is political when you're trying to become a citizen, right? Um. And they didn't really look too kindly on Russians even back then. And, you know, it's just it, it's um, too many coincidences here. You start seeing the conspiracies once two or three coincidences line up. You know what I mean? And um, I was just drawn to this, man. And just the way that these people operate is very sneaky, but in your face at the same time. And the timeline of this uh, uh, of this was like of her uh, of Alice Bailey. That's like early 1900s, correct? Like around like. Late 1800s, early 1900s. Yeah, Alice Bailey was, uh, they formed the Lucius Trust in, I believe, 21. Um, if not, it was very early 20s. And uh, I want to say that Blavatsky died in the early 1900s. But yeah, she was really moving her weight around when um, in the in the late 1800s. I can actually confirm that date here for you. But Yeah, okay. So see, that's what like... Uh... So right before World War One, right, like is when she first started like really throwing her weight around, would you say? Yeah. Like, yeah, man. And that's what's interesting, because at the turning of the century, you get a lot of really interesting things that are all forming. Right. The Federal Reserve forms um, the FBI. I mean, there's an attack on humanity, especially in the West, it seems. Um, but, yeah, dude, it's it's um, again. Yeah. So she was born in 1831 and um passes away in may 1891 so what 60 years yeah 59 years and um yeah yeah man that's she didn't have a long life she's a weird looking chick dude if you ever look into her and you see images of her um there's something in her eyes that is just i mean just dark dude really really weird looking chick and she clearly had some kind of demons i would say you know what i mean just constantly looking into the darkness it what do they say? It looks back at you if you look long enough. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, just her starting this Theosophical Society, inspiring so many people, and Alice Bailey being the key figure here. Um, once she is hanging out with the, the- Theosophists in California, the Hollywood branch, believe it or not, too. Um, she's walking around in the hills in, in Hollywood, California, and she sees another... I, I think it was a hallucination. They say... Um, like the, the people from the Lucius Trust will say that she actually made contact with this guy known as the Tibetan and his name is the Jewel cool. And, um, it sounds like a dope ass name, but he's like another kind of one of these demonic figures. And, um, they sounds like an Arabic cigarette company, man. Like, you know, like- <laughs> I thought it sounded like an Arabic rapper or something. You know what I mean? Like it's just, a, it's a wild ass name, but so they end up you know, writing books together. And it's the same story of the Mormons, like where, you know, the, the prophet, this, uh, what is his name? Joseph Smith. He writes these books by some angel or some deity telling him what to write telepathically. 
And she goes on to write 19 books. And this is when the Lucifer Trust form was to push these books out into the public. Now, when they became the Lucius Trust, they obviously wanted to get tied in with the UN. Can't just call yourself Lucifer Trust when you want to be at the highest levels of politics. So they changed it. And they actually address this on their website. And it's funny. They backpedal so hard. They, they basically tell you that the Lucifer Trust was never real. But they say that they did, in fact, start the Lucifer Trust, but then they disbanded it when they started the Lucas Trust. So they say it's not the same company, but they do kind of admit that, you know, this was absolutely a real thing on the Lucas Trust website again. Don't they talk about the bad manager? (laughs) Don't they talk about it being the uh, Lucifer uh, publishing company? Yes. Kind of how they word it, right? Yeah. And when they were again, when they were doing the Lucifer, Lucifer is the light to these people. Um, as opposed to Satan. Satan is the same entity, equal but opposite, and he represents the darkness. Lucifer represents the good side of things. And um, from what I've gathered, they justify this in their heads by saying that Lucifer was God's like prized creation until he created Adam and Eve. And then at that moment when, when human was created, um, Lucifer became so jealous. God cast him out of heaven. And at that moment is when he becomes Satan. So he was a good guy. And even in the Bible, he was a good guy. But more traditional Christians and more westernized religions view Lucifer and Satan as the same entity, while the Masons, who love their duality and all these other uh, you know, theosophical aspects of this group, they love the duality. So they like to see this one entity as both good, pure, and then also obviously evil and bad. And um, there's a really interesting star representation here within the pentagram, you know, a pentagram being one of the oldest witchcraft symbols. And um, I've talked about this just about every time I talk about the Lucius Trust. They show the regular star, the the star of man, right? And you see a figure in the middle with his arms outreached and his legs kind of spread. like He's forming a star with his body. And above his head, you see Adam, right? And then under his legs, you see Eve. And that's the star man. You flip that upside down. You have the goat of Mendes in the center, and they actually have the goat's head in there, which is what inspired Baphomet. And um, instead of Adam and Eve, you have Samael and Lilith. Samael translates to, to uh, I think, God's venom. And he's like widely thought to be the serpent in the Bible. And then Lilith is like the, the predecessor to Eve, supposedly like kind of like this succubus type figure in a way. But um just interesting stuff, man. I This all kick-started in my head when I was going through a Freemason packet and the symbolism there within. And I got to admit, man, I, I found a new respect for Freemasonry when I went through this packet. Just the intense level of symbolism and all the multiple meanings in all of the stuff that they do, man. It's really well done. And it kind of makes sense why they have gone on to really kind of rule society in so many ways from like top down. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a former Freemason myself, so I uh, I went through a good bit of it, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of symbolism there. Um, it is true though that it's it's not what everybody thinks either. Uh, it's not you got like all these guys in hoods and and you know you're trying to rule the world. It doesn't really work that way, and even in secret societies, I mean, you got different levels to everything. So well, I, we were talking to the occult rejects yesterday you know they were also in a couple uh both in in a cult i think uh the golden i keep saying dong but i don't think it was dong in my head i hear dong maybe like that's what he know, was and maybe it was the golden dong that'd be a great porn though dude hermetic order of the golden <laughs> that's what dong. i thought you know like an 
That could be like an Austin Powers porn. Yeah, man, I, feel, like, I like it. <laughs> no, yeah, they're great. Yeah, they're great baby. Dudes. I haven't talked to them in a while, man. I love both those guys. So yeah, it was the Golden Dawn, and then also uh, another Crowley Society. That one's slipping my mind though. But how they were talking about it was saying like how most of these secret societies, you you start in one, then you're recruited to another one. And then there's like, you know, it's almost like the FBI and CIA. Like then when you're getting to these top class ones, you, they find you. You don't go and you don't sign up. You don't ask to get in. And I think it's supposed to be like that because just like a biker gang is going to be like, yeah, man, we just, we just give out toys for the kids. You know what I'm saying? Got some prospects. It's the look, I think, because you couldn't have that many people involved. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's a great front you know what i mean because then they're like dude look he's just a regular dude that paints you can really have people believing it and people are like dude i'm in the masons it's not what you think right and it is well, most of them are like but that yeah that's what i'm saying like it's total of overall it's not like this large percentage just like when i was uh when we were on the uh, great deception and i was talking to james from we the people i was like there's no way that 95 percent of hollywood is all into the satanic cult it's impossible like i mean just the uh uh how people are, man. Just think about the people you know. If you're at work, someone's going to rat. You know what I mean? Someone's going to fall apart and someone's going to break. And I think that they put you through those tests that you go through one secret society to the next step on step further. Well, like Freemasonry works in like houses too. So when you get in then there's other houses that you go to, to get to different levels. So all that stuff kind of opens up to you. And like you said, Sean, it's, it's, there's a point where they're going to come recruit you or spot you out if they feel like you're, usable yeah if you're shining i mean the the god of the freemasons and this entity that they really seem to be very fond of other than lucifer and satan is tubal cain i don't know if you're familiar with tubal cain but um you know this dude is is one of the i mean supposedly the first ever blacksmith um he created weapons and all kinds of stuff and whenever you're really good at your craft whether it be podcasting whether it be uh playing football or baseball or uh managing a bank or whatever um you're harnessing tubal Cain's energy according to them when you're really good at what you do and so that's why so many high level people in society are freemasons because they say oh this guy is channeling tubal Cain, whether he knows it or not or let's be gender equal here she right he or she um what about they? Well, I haven't gotten to them yet. I don't, I don't know that they exist, <laughs> to be honest. But um, and, and duality, man, we gotta we gotta focus on duality. You know the 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 seal of Solomon, another symbol of theirs. They have the feminine and the masculine. They don't have seventy different triangles representing all these different damn genders. Dude. So you know, could you imagine like a, a woke secret society? Where they have all oh that shit. man, that's a great Netflix series, man. We just thought of that's our exit strategy, man. We make bank, <laughs> produce that, dude. <laughs> Woke society, yeah. No, I um, I find it interesting, man. That you know, but these are simultaneously the people that are perpetuating this crazy nonsense, right? Um, I do believe that the Freemasons, to an extent, are behind some of these cultural shifts in things because, if for no other reason, they tap into people that are already really effective uh social figures right whether it's social justice whether it's whatever greta thunberg don't think she's a freemason but she's in something and her parents kind of alluded to it even like they said something along the lines you have to sometimes sell your soul to get ahead in this world or some something loosely like that and um yeah man it's tough to look at a high level person and not think that there is something behind them that's kind of pushing them forward 
Definitely. I see that uh, in a lot and not necessarily pushing them forward because like think about like there's some kind of inspiration, right? Even though you're not inside of that group, you see what the pack is doing, right? If you're doing baseball, football, uh, music or Hollywood. So you are going to not necessarily be in that group. But yeah, you could see you getting some of the traits and and doing some of the things that those groups are doing. And that's why I think it's so confusing. Mm-hmm. Have you guys heard of the Atonists? This was one thing that I was just actually kind of looking into a little bit uh, the other day. No. 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 Um, so the Atonists, and I couldn't figure out concretely if it's Atonists or Atonists. Um, I'm calling it Atonists because that's just what it looks like to me. Um, supposedly the OG secret society that all these other societies stem from, um, which I used to think was the Freemasons. I used to think that they were at the top of the chain of command when I was a newbie. You know what I mean? And then I found the Pilgrim Society, and I'm like, oh, dude, these guys are way higher up. Pilgrim Society connecting uh, the crown, basically, to the United States and really the West as a whole, the Five Eyes Nations, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, the United States, and the UK. Um, But then, yeah, I I come across the Atanas, and this is like an old Egyptian cult. They worship um, Akhenaten, and I, I found something wild about the Egyptian connection with the Vatican which the Atanas also formed that hat that the, that the Pope wears, that's not in honor of Jesus at all. It's in honor of Akhenaten. Akhenaten wore that hat. You know what I mean? And, and it's just, it's wild to think that man, that these people of the Vatican, which I I look at the Vatican as pretty darn evil, but um, they really sell to a lot of people that they are the, you know, highest degree of morality and they're just doing nothing but good things got moloch outside of the freaking place dude they got a statue of moloch you know what i mean so yeah it's interesting but from what i've gathered so far and this might change in a couple months the atonists seem to in fact be the one that's behind everything whether it's the vatican nasa secret societies of any kind um you know you mentioned different masonic uh houses nine sisters lodge um the the golden dawn all these things are, are kind of offshoots of Freemasonry. So yeah, dude, it, it's interesting to think about the Atanas and, and possibly their role in actually c- controlling the entire world. They're also behind the UN for that matter. That's really interesting. I'm wondering, uh, and I don't know if you've done any research about the brotherhood of the snake and, and any of that, how that was the, the predecessor to Freemasonry in the beginning. So when Cain killed Abel, um, he split off and he took the seven sciences with him. So the seven sciences were what God gave to Adam and Eve. So Adam taught Cain and Abel, the seven sciences, Abel got killed. Um, Cain ran off with the seven sciences, but corrupted them. And you were talking about Tubal Cain. A lot of people think Tubal Cain was a Nephilim. He wasn't totally human. So a lot of those offshoots from Cain, um, he built these cities and these, uh, these societies that were separate from what Adam's other children had as far as the, the purified part from God. Mm. Um, I'm just curious if that's connected somehow to that too, because uh, I've been doing a lot of reading about that here recently. Yeah. I'd heard of them. There's a great, uh, I don't know if we have the ability to screen share on here. I guess I can, right? Um, I'm not sure. We'll find out if yeah, let's <laughs> around here and see what we can do. I'll uh, I'll see if I can share this with you guys because the Brotherhood of the Snake appears on this slideshow. Uh, oh wait, let's see. 
Yeah, so the the it's basically it's a pie chart of sorts. And as you get closer to the center, which is a big question mark, they have societies and groups, different entities, whether it's media, um, the Freemasons are in there, all these different things. And the closer you get to the center is the true ruler of the world. Now, I don't know if this is, you know, Pindar or any of this weird shit that people go all crazy about, but um, there seems to be something. And I think that it's kind of widely agreed upon that no one really knows what's at the very tip top. And I think that that's kind of signified in the all-seeing eye and the seal of the United States where that top capstone is broken apart from the rest of the pyramid on the bottom, right? Um, I'll mm-hmm. see if I can share here with you. Let's see if this goes. Um, all right. You guys see that? We see. I do not. You don't see a chart? I now, do I now. Do. Yep. Okay. Oh, and then it disappeared. Well, let me try again. Yeah, it went. Yeah, no, I had it for a second. This thing is just a little slow, I guess. But I just wanted you guys to see this so that you can get the idea here of uh of all these different groups, man. And this is just a, a fraction of them. So here we go. Let me know when you see it. Yeah, yeah I we see got it, it now. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, I mean the Atonis are, are pretty damn close to the to the center here, right? You have the Sun mm-hmm. Order, who I think is actually the same. And then look at your Brotherhood of the Snake is right there, too. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. even a little closer than the Atanas. But, um, yeah, man, I again, looking into the Atanas, they were saying that everything stems from them. So, um, you know, I should be looking into the Brotherhood of the Snake a little bit more. Great White Brotherhood's huge, in, uh, especially in, like, Ukraine and with, like, the Azov Battalion and all these things. But, mm-hmm. I mean these groups that we thought were so powerful before the trilateral commission turns out they aren't shit. According to this theory, <laughs> you know, yeah. NASA, NATO. I mean, there, there's all kinds. Well, what about, Rome. what would you think about the black nobility then? Like the, all the families, the, 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 the bloodlines and all that. Well, Nancy Pelosi's dad, I think his name is Paul. Forget it. Uh, De Alessandro. And he was the mayor of Baltimore and supposedly a highly connected uh, member of the black nobility. So that might explain why Nancy Pelosi is so powerful in this country. I mean, they say she's the third most powerful, right? Um, She's been there in government longer than Trump, um, I think longer than Biden, maybe. And she's definitely been more powerful than Biden, historically speaking. So, um, yeah, man, I think that there's absolutely something to these bloodlines. Even freaking uh, Harry, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are related. You know what I mean? They're like sixteenth yeah. cousins or some shit like that. They they like to keep it in the family. Yeah, almost every and they. I mean, even that kid, it was like on all local TV. Like, what was that? Like, it was during the uh, Obama presidency, where the the kid she uh, connected every single president except one, mm-hmm. uh, and I think they were all to King George and you know Obama and Bush related, Trump and Hillary tenth uh, cousins. Like, there's all all of it's in the same, and then I think there's just different degrees of these secret societies, but it all boils down to the origin, the origins of these secret societies, and the origins of the black nobility. Yeah, yeah, there's something to it, man. Again, I think that anything that you see online is is going to be a little bit misleading right i think that's just the nature of the whole thing but um yeah i mean the as far as the lucius trust dude that's i think that there's got to be some connection i didn't see any connection that's significant with alice bailey and like any of these high rolling families but 
Foster is very, very difficult to find information on, like almost to a point. And I wouldn't even say almost. I would say that absolutely suspiciously little information on Foster. So I don't know, man. But isn't it kind of like also unique, like uh, Alice Bailey, Alistair Crowley, like these names, like they're so similar. And I think this was like the modern, like, you know, they maybe they saw that things were changing, right? Like things are becoming more modern. And I think they were trying to modernize these secret societies and these forms of control. It's no longer where, hey, man, we run it like this. We're the kingdom. They had to make things uh more blend in right more look like they were for the people and that's why you get the how you get the un because that's how they were able to like form the un was from world war one and world war two they're like hey guys that was crazy right they're like we shouldn't do those wars again right we're gonna have to make this thing because people don't realize like world war two especially like it could end at any time if general ford isn't building vehicles for the nazis if the rockefellers aren't sending oil for the, and there was a specific kind of oil for their planes that, that, that they needed if you didn't give it to them you know you you cripple them, but these, and we could go on and on with all kinds of different companies, the Koch brothers, all that, that they're funding these wars. And I think that that's the beginning of all this, you know, um, changing the mindset of the human race. And that's when you get an Edward Bernays, you know what I mean? Hey, this is what propaganda. And he's so just so happens is Sigmund Freud's nephew. You know what I mean? Like, I think these things are intentional, but I, I believe that the loosest trust, um, just from hearing what you were talking about it, it's like the modern day of all the secret societies to kind of blend it into, uh, us plebs, I guess you would say. I think to me too, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, it, from what I listened to your podcast too, and I thought was real interesting was how they're, they tied in, it's almost like a new age formula that they're putting out there and they make it seem like it's a really good thing. And it, you know, oh, you can connect with nature, you connect with God and they kind of, what do they they don't really say God. They said, well, if you can't find a better word, basically use God. But this connection to life and 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 love and, and this is this is what our our trust is about. This is what we're trying to help build here. And I think that's what a lot of these uh, secret societies or even the ones that are on the front, kind of like Lucius Trust, they're trying to promote is if, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, that's kind of sense I got from the stuff I was reading about it and then just listening uh, to you talk about it as well. Yeah, man. And, you know, I, I, um, I have a big problem with the spiritual wave and I say it all the time. My listeners, hopefully they're not tired of listening to me rail on spirituality <laughs> yet, but you know, it's, um, it does come to you in the way that it's like, oh, it's all, you know, soft voices and, and we're not going to don't yell at anyone. Don't fight. Just, you know, retreat into nature when things get tough. I mean, that's a big part of all of these things. Right. Um, even this this other thing I was looking into Martinism. It, it's all about like yourself. Focus on yourself. And it's like, dude, that's kind of what's gotten us here. We call the baby boomer selfish as a generational group. And they were, I mean, I, I would say that the spirituality is just kind of like an evolved way of being selfish. You know what I mean? Um, I say it all the time, man. You know, the devil, if you, whether you believe in him or not, fill in the blank with whatever you think that would be the, the epitome of evil. The devil's not going to come to you saying that he's going to rape you and fire for eternity. He says that you're going to have everything that your heart ever wanted. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And this is appealing to everybody. So when it's not the devil, when it's a gorgeous woman or when it's a um, an old man, that's the that's the top of some massive conglomerate. And, and they're coming to you and they're saying, hey, we can we can make everything happen that you ever wanted. Just 
do this, do this, you know, bend the knee. Just do a little butt stuff, a little butt stuff. A little stuff, bit, man. you know that's what it. I mean? So that that's the, <laughs> it, it's wild that, that, that more people don't see it, but people are very caught up in the appeal of spirituality and how it is kind of like a direct yeah. rebellion against Western religion. Not even Christianity, just Western religion as a whole. Well, I will say Christianity, in my opinion, I think they also um, give too much power to Lucifer, devil, whatever you say. When I say that is that they're like, oh, man, that's the devil. That's, and, and I'm with you. The To me, what I know, I'm not, I don't really practice any religion. I'm kind of finding what God I know. I believe in God, but I just don't know what it, I don't yeah. know. You know what I mean? I really don't know. And every day I'm learning something new. But I think they give too much life to uh, Lucifer where they're like, he'll get you. And then you're like, dude, he can only manipulate you. So if you actually critically think and are open minded and you kind of like, uh, let me see that and don't let something blind you, then you'll be all right. But like you said, a lot of people, uh, especially when it's like one of the like, hey, man, I want to be in the NFL. I want to be win a Grammy that I think those things can blind people to where they don't care about um any of that and, and you're right because i think that a lot of that new age spirituality i, I think that it gets blended together because i would always consider myself spiritual but then when i mean i'm not like going out like i go out to nature don't get me wrong and i like to get one but to me getting one with earth is getting one with god you know what i mean but i think you have to stand up for yourself sometimes like you have to be kind as much as you want like i'm trying to be nice try to laugh a lot but if someone crosses me, I'm still going to stand up for myself. You know, I'm not going to be like, oh, let me go. Let me go hug a tree or something. Like, I'm going to be like, hey, man, I'm going to knock you out, man. Yeah, man. you don't you strike me as a tree hugger too much. You know what I mean? You, you see, <laughs> no, not too much. And you seem, you seem balanced, dude. That's why, you know, I, I enjoy talking with you, Joel. This is the first time that we've spoke. Even though you look really familiar, dude. I don't know where I've seen you before, but you look really familiar. <laughs> I don't know if, if... I don't know, man. It's weird. May, I don't know. But... but uh, he used to be an extra on Magna P.I. I don't know if that might be it. Okay. Yeah, it could be that, too. Is that it? Um, <laughs> With no, that not stash? Really at all. <laughs> no, man, no. So, yeah, no. Yeah, you're talking about all the butt stuff and porn, man. You know, I had to get ready for this. <laughs> no, no, no. So, you know, the the idea, though, of, of um, you know, people wanting to be spiritual for their own reasons, I think that's cool, dude. You know, if you want to go hug a tree, fucking go hug a tree. I don't give a fuck, you know. Um, But I... I uh, Taoism was another thing that that really struck me as something very very harmful to the way that the world is right now. And Taoists, yeah. um, when it formed, um, using the witchcraft symbol, which is known as the yin yang, and the yin yang is another a Freemason symbol as well. You know, that mm -hmm. represents the duality, mm -hmm. the feminine, the masculine, eternal time and earth, more you know divinity, and then more realistic shit. Um, I see that very much as a way that used to work when society wasn't so evolved and government and society both weren't so huge. I mean, when, when problems would rise up back then when Taoism was founded alongside Confucianism, basically Confucianism was around first Taoism comes around and they started calling it the other path or the left-hand path, right? The left-hand path is the path to evil. And, um, I found that really interesting and just the idea that they prided themselves on when, when violence would be going on in the cities, they retreated into the hills and the mountains, a lot of times alone, sometimes with friends or with family, and they would build their own way out there. I think that's great. That's not possible anymore, though. That's not mm. possible in a realistic way to where you can actually like have a, a happy life. It's romanticized, and a lot of my friends talk about going out and, and living in the forest by themselves, but it's like, hey, man, you're still going to be on the grid one way or another. 
And if you're trying to mm-hmm. go out there and save yourselves and raise some kids, those kids are going to be some awkward little kids when they when they get a little older. You know what I mean? When they haven't hung out with any people or anything like that. Um, so I think in theory, it's a good idea. Kind of like communism is. Communism is a great idea in theory, too. There's a lot of things that are good on paper. But when you when you try and practice them in the real world, plus why work. should we have to run away from it? You know what I mean? Like this is how I look at it. Like, of course, I think you should go to nature. I think hikes are great sure. for you know, like for 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 going on a, a hike or or go to the beach or something to unplug. Because I think unplugging is important. But it's like, well, why do we create these uh, societies and these cities and all these great things that where people could mingle and you can meet so many people just to say, oh no no, they won. I feel like that's waving the white flag. I'm like, no man, this is our shit. This is where we live. You know. We can change that and we change the narrative. And I think that's how we do it. We push back because I think if we just run away, you're right. Like, first of all, your kids may hate you and join one of these secret societies after because they're like, why'd you keep me away from all Mm -hmm. this stuff? And it's going to be easier for them to get manipulated. If you have a good core of people around you, like, you know how I know Hillary Clinton was famous for saying the uh, it takes a village. And I do my own take on it. It takes a tribe. It doesn't take a village because it takes an actual tribe that is actually related blood and, and connected with these kids that are actually able to make them grow a village it's just some random dude like i wouldn't want my neighbor fucking watching my kids i would be like hell no fuck that guy you know what i mean like i don't know unless i know you personally and and that's hard like not even just know you personally but have a connection where they actually care like i have a mean like hey i will die before for this kid so that's to make sure they don't get harmed and a villager is gonna be like ah well if you jump in the water fuck it you drown you drown you know what i mean because they don't have that same concept I think that's like comfortability though, Sean, like people get so comfortable in, you know, what's given to them. They'd rather not work for it. They'd rather, you know, be given something on a silver platter. And I think that's part of the problem. You know, people have gotten so comfortable with everything that's shoveled to them media wise. And I'm not talking about like mainstream media because most people aren't really watching the news. Truthers too. Yeah. Big yeah. Time it's the same like thing saying. there too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I swear Sean and I have at least an hour or two talk a week about the truther community and how it's so divided in a way too. And, and essentially we should be the most open-minded and the most free thinking of anyone, really, if you think about it, but it's not that way. And, you know, Sean, you were talking about earlier, cause you and I talk about religion. I'm a Christian, but in saying that I find it fascinating, like in the Christian realm, just how closed minded they are to what's really going on in the world today. And I think that's a lot of the, uh, pushback from people from Christians and and then the Christian church is corrupted beyond belief too. So you got that going on as well. I think the basic tenets of Christ have been taken away and ripped away. And and you were talking about pushing back, Sean, like you've got these progressive Christians now that are basically just grabbing their ankles and hoping it's not too big. And at the end of the day, like, I mean, the, you read the Bible, like in the old Testament, yeah, there's a lot of wars and stuff, but even in the new Testament, I mean, Christ is talking about, help fight back so at the end of the day i think people forget that like and i don't mean this in like a a male female way but that masculinity that's needed to push back against the system because i can tell you right now these luciferians uh they don't give a shit about you they don't give a shit about me you whatever they're gonna do whatever the hell they want and they believe wholeheartedly that lucifer is gonna win in the end and they're gonna get all of the rewards from that and they're gonna they're gonna push us down in the process and i think you're right sean uh part of it is you know not retreating (laughs) and we can't retreat 
Punch Satan in the face, man. That's how, that's to be a t-shirt. You know what I mean? Don't punch a Nazi. Paint, punch Satan. I always I talk a lot of shit to Satan. Like I remember one time I was shrooming, and I, I seen like <laughs> I, like I seen these red like fucking like eyes beating. You know what I mean? Just like floating, and I was like, and then my head clicked up, and I just like was like, fuck this shit, bro. I'll fuck Satan up, and I was like, fuck you, man. I was like just talking shit to the devil and shit. <laughs> that's so funny. I was like, man, come over here, dog, man. You don't want to fucking step in this ring. But I, I think that people forget. Like I said, he can only manipulate you and, and and at the same time like my thing and, and this is where i think of spirituality i've said this like so many times but it's just our own road like it, it really our own life i've been thinking of this since i was a kid right i used to be like man i wonder what goes on in that neighbor's house i never see him you know and then i think in my head is that their own sitcom you know like i see me every day like hey star and sean you know i slide out there and all this and that's what really reality is because reality is what i see what i personally make of it that's why everything's so confusing to people is because i read this i had this experience and, and and then the people that are closed-minded and are like well i only seen this you know like unless you're able to have a balance and open up and being like hey you know uh, i can understand that i don't know everything you know like what my experience is not the experience for the world i think that's what confuses people in our 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 journey is to get to God or, or, or wherever that may be. You know what I mean? Like heaven or complete our mission. I don't know all that. You know, I don't try to pretend to know all that, but I think basically it's, Hey, just work on yourself make yourself a better person, get a better job, make yourself feel good by uh, making decent amount of money, whatever that, n not about the money, but something where you can provide for yourself and your family where you don't feel like, Oh man, I'm a piece of shit. Just stop thinking so shitty about yourself. And I think that's what happens. And that's where Lucifer wins in, in, in this lucid trust kind of people is that they want you to be weak and this is almost the lucid trust almost kind of reminded me of the wokeness of today but like now wokeness is the new modern of it you know like ah, it's okay man they could do whatever they want no you can't man like how come i can't go to the doctor and cut my arm off that should be the reason why you should be able to cut your dick off right you know what i mean saying same <laughs> shit but it's coming into this light now of where everybody can be anything right you know being like man people are claiming they're pandas you know what i mean fucking toast spaghetti like it, it's it's a joke like of what it's coming i do think it it all starts from these like loosest trust kind of uh, uh, push to people to tell them to embrace all these crazy ideologies. Oh, dude. I mean, the 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 Atonists that I mentioned, they are the ones that really kind of like started spiritualism. They pushed for all this stuff. And the like what we call today the New Age, uh, you know, spiritualistic movement was started by those people. And then the Lucius Trust found a way to really kind of thrust that into society, man. So I, like I said, I don't have a problem. I lean towards Christianity. Dude, you can't tell me there's not a lot of problems with Christianity, right? Like historically mm -hmm. speaking, there's problems with everything, dude. And so that's why, you know, uh, that's why I see such a problem with spirituality personally is because of who backs it, who started it, who started the new age. Marianne Williamson is one of these people that is real tied in with the Clintons. Um, she, she ran in uh, 2016. And when like that hurricane was going on, I forget what it was. It might have been Harvey. Katrina? No, this isn't. It had to be Harvey. Yeah, 2016. I forget what it was, but um, she was saying, you know, if everyone focuses on the hurricane going away, it'll go away. You know, shit like that. Where it's like, well, I, maybe, but I, that's just weird to say on a. You know, you guys are saying Trump. Probably not. Yeah, I don't think so. But you know, we don't have proof. But I would, I would go ahead and say that that's that that's BS. But that is like them getting in touch with nature and doing this weird stuff where this is what the Wiccans believe. You know, um, I actually just kind of looked into Cernunos a little bit because of CERN. 
And um, mm-hmm. Sernunos is this horned god, Celtic god, that basically the same as Shiva, but just a, a Celtic version of it. And he is like a master of the Wiccans, too. You know what I mean? Like, the Wiccans worship some dark stuff, dude. And they they disguise it as, like, some free-spirited girls that, like, don't believe in shaving their legs and all this weird stuff. But it's much darker than that, in my opinion. And when you see, like, the undertakings and, and or I should say the undertones more so, of the Lucius Trust and why they push this, it's to pacify people. It's to get people to where they're like, why would we fight when we can just lay down arms and we can all hug and we can all, instead of worshiping our different gods and worshiping our different, you know, whatever, we can all worship the same thing and we can all agree on some things. And um, I think it was Albert Pike that even said they view the Christians the same way that they view the atheists. They want to separate them as far as they possibly can, and then they want to usher in their one world leader after they've both been so broken. And we might be seeing that right now, man, because a lot of people feel very apathetic. A lot of people are really done Mm -hmm. with the way that things have been operating right now all around the world, not just in the U.S. People are getting fed up, dude. I mean, you look over in France and uh, where's this other thing going on? And maybe not Denmark, but in in in. yeah, I think it is Netherlands Denmark, where they're dumping like fertilizer on the street. Yeah, the Netherlands. Okay, Netherlands, the Netherlands, right? the, the Dutch. I trust me, man. I've messed this up like all week. I keep telling people about it, and then I'm like, wait, was it? Du-? I know they're Dutch, and then I have to like because th- all those countries are right yeah, there. Scandinavians, like, yeah. Well, you know, white people, they all look the right, same, right, dude? <laughs> so, yeah, man, it's it's wild to think though that that you know, I think that part of these riots and part of this like uprising is part of the plan, dude. I really think that it is because they want yeah. to break everyone down. And then once we're all broken in, in ushers, the antichrist, you know what I mean? And, and Absolutely. I don't know. It makes sense, dude. Not on my watch. Right, dude. I mean, <laughs> I actually kind of think that I have a good idea on who the antichrist is in their minds. And I think that it's uh, this Maitreya figure and they say that Maitreya pops up and, and he has been seen on TV all around the world um he he i guess it, it channels different people and talks through different people and things like that and again this is official un sponsoring freaking organizations that say this this isn't some kook homeless person on the street this is a powerfully connected organization that not only is part of the un produces and, and disperses all their material you know what i mean if they if they write a paper it's the lucius trust that puts it out to people right they do the marketing so to speak and all these things it's not some crazy person saying this and this is kind of like you might laugh but i this is what got me believing in lizard people a little bit is because they straight up say that when matreya returns all of the spirits that have been behind the world leaders and the religious leaders are going to come with him and they'll be out there for all of us to see now is this real or is this project Bluebeam stuff i don't know but this is what they're telling us. They're setting us up for this if you just pay a little bit of attention. And um, and more and more people are starting to do that, dude. I think that's why they had to take down the Guidestones the other day. So it's interesting. Yeah, I agree with you. They took down the Guidestones. That's just my personal opinion, though. I don't think I don't think it was some conspiracy theorist, unless that's what they're going to pin it on to make it look like some crazy conspiracy theorist did it. But I, I think they did it themselves. This is my personal opinion, though. I'm with you, Ryan. I thought like it was almost like a because I told Joel right away. I thought it was like I got a 9-11 feeling and I felt like it's like their false flag on themselves to like 
kind of like start this more like like this uh, 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 wild goose chase of like ah oh, man these crazy conspiracy because now we see that it was some a figure and we see the silver car like you know what I mean they're 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 putting that out there and I think that that's what I think all this is even with that dude the awake the rapper guy you know what I mean the 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 mass shooter in Fourth uh, of July I think that they've been going and this is not this is more on the surface level this is not as deep as going to the secret societies but I think they're trying to mold anybody that's a free thinker or anybody that's trying to figure things out as a conspiracy theorist and don't look into this and look what they'll do they'll be a mass shooter they'll do they'll blow things up etc etc it's the new uh islamic terrorism you know what i mean it's going it's the domestic terrorism we've seen that unfold and coming out and I think that is the plan because I think they want a docile society of people that are just like, you know, weak. Like, that, that's just easiest way to say it. Like, I don't think I'm the strongest person, but I'm not going to let someone take my shit. You're going to have to kill me. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to have to fucking kill me. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, well, I think that that's how everyone should be, man. And, you know, you're not a violent dude. I mean, I don't know you very well, but you don't strike me as one. You seem pretty level-headed to me. And, yeah. you know, but what you just said right there might be misconstrued by powerful people in, in this, uh, you know, little realm that we live in and they're working on precognitive crime. Uh, you know, there's some algorithm supposedly that already can predict what, what crime you might commit in the, in, in a week into the future. And this isn't going to be mm-hmm. used for real crime, dude. This is going to be used for people that don't agree with what the government believes in. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. these people that won't be quiet, they're going to say, well, look, he's saying some crazy stuff. We don't agree with that. He's going to murder someone next week. You know what I mean? It's just it's it's insane. We've seen this in movies. You know, there's TV shows and movies yeah. on this. Um, but yeah, dude, it is. Um, we we are definitely living in some weird times. I don't know if you wanted me to uh, to kind of get get a little more into this Matreya dude. And, um, you know, just the stuff that I'd seen here. I, I could share with you the. Hey, Matreya, that's what you're saying is uh, the alleged uh, Antichrist, correct? Like that we were talking about that, the entity that's in been in, through a lot of people. Yes, they call him the coming one. Um, they call him the cosmic Christ. They call him all these weird things. And um, he's the fifth and final Buddha. And that got me looking in all kinds of other things that we probably don't have time to get into here today. But, you know, the five and, the, and the, this repeated five in religions. I was looking mostly in Eastern religions, but, you know, you, you see the five in, in Western religions, too. The pentagram, for one. Um, but, yeah, mm-hmm. the five suns, the the fifth, uh, the fifth angle, the fifth wave, the fifth. I mean, there's so many different fives. And um, this fifth and final Buddha is, is a very interesting character. And I'll actually share with you this site again. Um, I know that we can only see this, but it is fun to look at this site, dude, because they they have some insane things can you see that yeah yeah i'm actually on the site as well that's funny i didn't know you were going to go on lucid's trust i'm on lucid's trust yeah well. i mean first of all look at their damn symbol you know what i mean like this is all mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all just repeated stuff the love and light um light obviously referring to lucifer and will smith um i believe it or not looking the way that i came across this lucid's trust was when will smith did that slap and i was like oh this is some sort of ritual and we're looking into that, and he said with love and light, and that's a, to a direct quote of Alice Bailey. Um, it's a Luciferian yeah. statement. It's kind of like uh, the in Jesus's name we pray Amen to Christians. They they end their things with love and light, and um, I mean it sounds like again like a positive statement, but it is uh, directly referring to Lucifer. Now this is what I believe is referring to Maitreya, the Great Invocation. 
And this is a prayer, which I have not read the entire thing, but this is a prayer to summon Maitreya. And on the 14th of June, they had a great invocation day, um, world invocation day, I'm sorry. And this is when they played a video and they wanted everyone at the same time to say this prayer, everyone that followed them to say the say this prayer. See, this was just a couple weeks back. So um, it was interesting. I was looking into it right around the same time when this happened, actually just three days before. And then I came across, I'm like, oh, well, kind of interesting that they have this going on at the same time. And um, I'm sure you're familiar with their meditation room at the UN. Mm-hmm. You guys seen that? The I've heard about it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it. Yeah, so that is literally, um, it's a black cube in the middle of a um, middle of a room. Hmm. And the significance of the black cube is obviously <laughs> really deep. What were you going to say? No, I was just laughing. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I'll show you a picture. It's not even. It's not even a stretch at all here. Um, can you see that? That's their meditation room right there. There it is. Oh wow. There it is. Wow. Yeah, dude. So, I mean, and this is weird. This is in New York. Um, allegedly, the address used to be six 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 United Nations Boulevard, but now it's eight six six, and. Um, you know, it, it's just, again, you see too much symbolism here to just ignore the black cube, the the freaking, you know, summoning of this Maitreya figure. Mm-hmm. And um, these are their three schools that they have over the Lucius Trust, the Arcane School, Triangles, and World Goodwill. And um, before you get too excited, you cannot be a part of the Lucius Trust in case either one of you guys wanted to. You can't just sign up. You got it, but you can uh, go into the arcane school or triangles if you wanted. Now, I wouldn't, but, you know, everyone has their own thing that they're into. Arcane school is real basic knowledge. You get, like, taught by other people that are more familiar with it, kind of like a digital secret society. You don't meet in person or anything. And then this triangles one's really strange where, like, let's say you, Sean, want to sign up for triangles. You would go and you would meet two other people that also wanted to sign up for triangles and you would bounce your ideas off each other. You would talk about theosophy and Alice Bailey and the Lucius trust and what the goals of this institution should be. And I think when people sign up for this, the other two people are like FBI agents or some shit, you know what I mean? Like it never ends up being just like a wholesome thing that, um, that is just like, you know, no, I don't know, dude, it's, it, these people are always infiltrated by the FBI. It seems so uh yeah did you just see some some really dark shit within hey ryan that's pretty crazy i'm looking at the uh, prayer and i think it's funny where it says christ they have just like a little asterisk there and then you go down and then it breaks down what they mean by christ well yeah well christ is that's pretty wild it's a it's a widely you know kind of um it's not just jesus christ right like they Mm -hmm. They yeah, say yeah. that Jesus Christ, they took the name, you know, people that, that want to debunk Christianity or whatever. They say that he that his name was borrowed from what Christ is. And if I'm not mistaken, Christ is just like a Messiah, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what Maitreya is. Maitreya is their cosmic Christ. So it's very weird, dude. And, and there's a video. And if you wanted to play it, we could play it. But when they're calling on Maitreya and they say, you know, this term that we loosely refer to as God 
is the creator of everything here. You know what I mean? And it's like they they won't even flat out say God because that is slapping their God, Lucifer, in the face. You know what I mean? And and very, yeah. very sneaky language that they use. But it's this very calm tone. Again, that spiritual sound where they're like, we're not here to fuck you. We're just going to do you real <laughs> night. You know what I mean? It's just, it's interesting. Man. <laughs> they get a, We're going to make love. Yeah, dude. They get a lot of people. They get a lot of people sucked into this, dude. And I, I find it really malicious because a lot of people that get sucked into these cults, they have some life trauma of some sort, right? I don't mm-hmm. care if it's like a mainstream religion, Mormonism, um, anything. My grandma just lost her husband uh, right before she joined Mormonism. And they've been very nice to her. But I'm real skeptical anytime a church wants to take in someone that is down on their luck and, and hurting. You know what I mean? Now, she's lucky. She gets to live with her one of her daughters, my aunt, who you know does really well. She has her own living quarters within her house. They got one of those like duplex homes. She's, she's really well looked after, but she has a sense of new camaraderie now within this church. And I see it as a cult, man. I see it as a, a, there's some cultish aspects to it even though they're being very, very kind to her. And I, I have some Mormon listeners who I love. They're really nice freaking people, but they do have some weird practices too, like baptizing the dead, for instance. I find that kind of weird. Um, but hey, you know, every religion's got its quirks, I guess. Yeah, but when you go with like cults or religion or or anything like that, you get into a group, like my problem, like I don't care what anybody does. Like I think you should treat people right, that blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, also be willing to be wrong. Be willing to not think that you have it figured out. That's my problem with truthers or, or super religious people or woke people. It's like, dude, you don't got to, I'm not saying I do, but to claim that you have the arrogance, you know what I mean? To have this arrogance of like, oh, I have all the answers. I already figured it out, man. I read this book and we got it all locked down, man. We're Mormons over here. We're Christians or we're Buddhist, whatever it may be, or, or, you know, freelance, this Lucas Trust bullshit. Either way, they they think they figured it out. Like, oh, so you're the one that figured it out. Why do we have to listen to you? And that's where I have the problem with people. If we can't have a genuine conversation of like, ah, okay, I believe this. But yeah, I could see your point that this could be wrong. And then I should be able to be like, okay, I see this, this is that of your religion that may be right. But these other things I don't like, you don't have to like all of it, but we should be open-minded. And that's what hurts the society mm. is that people latch on to things that they're like this is going to save us and same thing with politics you know oh don't worry we all i have to do is go to church every sunday don't worry i'll be good i'll go to heaven i can get fucked up all week i do cocaine fuck hookers you know what i mean fucking do heroin every now and then but as soon as i go on sunday i'm clean you know i'm good you know god loves me now. well and the reason that they do that in my opinion and why the the churches are such a powerful thing and why they they still are around today think there's still a gullible a a significant part of the population that's gullible enough to thinking that if for some reason if you give these churches money out of your pocket you're redeeming yourself because you're helping the church you know what i mean like they don't even put a lot of people don't put two and two together that maybe sometimes this money is used for selfish things you don't need to go what's that joel osteen Joel Osteen. I don't know if you guys have seen the Righteous Gem Gemstones that show on HBO. Oh, I love it. That's my one of my favorite shows, man. I fucking dude, love it's it. so funny. And it, I mean, I don't think that it's that far from the truth. You know what I mean? No. Um, I don't know if you guys heard when uh, Joel Osteen he had a plumber that was doing some work in his uh, in his one of his bathrooms in his cathedral, and they were doing drywall shit, and three hundred thousand dollars fell out of the wall and you remember that and and he was just like wow that's a coincidence you know what i mean and then like the guy just the guy just says hey uh father or whatever the hell they call him 
you know, I found this money. And then the guy's like, oh, thank God. You know, I, I thought I left that in there. I don't know what he said. And the, the mental gymnastics that some of these people have to do in order to, you know, accomplish this stuff is, is wild, man. And um, I think you see it in everything, you know, Christianity, like I said, I lean towards it, but it's got its problems, man. Um, I will share with you this thing here, too. I know, Sean, you were talking about you wanted to check this little thing out, the 10-point uh, the plan. And we yeah. can go kind of through this and then see uh, see how you guys feel about it. It is funny to to see that this is, I mean, this kind of stuff's repeated, too. You get all kinds of different plans and different 10-point things and the Ten Commandments that were just taken down from the New World Order. Um, the yeah. first one here, take God out of prayer. Um, take God and prayer out of the education system. We see that all the time. We, it's already happened. Um, Joel, you you mentioned something about the seven sciences. Were you talking about the uh, the seven uh, liberal arts too, or is that something different? It's it's different. Uh, I have to put you on this book. It's called The Genesis Six Conspiracy by okay. Gary Wayne. Um, he's like a real. He's an expert in the Nephilim realm, but he also yeah. goes deep into secret societies. And he's he's one of the one of the foremost that really breaks down uh, the Brotherhood of the Snake. But uh, I, I do see a correlation though between what you're talking about now, because there is some of that in the seven sciences. So yeah, there is a, that. Each science has a different uh peace and freemasons corrupted or the brotherhood of the snake corrupted it and then it went a different route on the other end of it so again it's that duality right so yeah. they created a antithesis to what god created originally yeah yeah man i mean you know it's interesting that she says here regarding that you know if you change curriculum to ensure that children are freed from the bondage of christian culture um Children will go to school to be equipped to face life and um, they're willing to trust and they are willing to value what is being given to them. So instead of trusting parents, they want they want the kids to trust the teacher and then the teachers are going to be, you know, obviously indoctrinated by their teachers and these, you know, universities are turning into madrasas in my opinion those are like the the things in the you know saudi arabia and all this shit where they they literally teach death to america constantly mm-hmm. yeah um i i see universities being that too uh my sister just got into university of arizona here and i forget she's going into marketing and there's one dude i don't know if it was like newt gingrich or somebody who was like high up in politics and he's like a, a teacher there, you know what I mean? Uh, high up on the board of the marketing department of of um, the school at University of Arizona. So, I mean, you know, these people aren't aren't teaching people how to think. They're teaching people how to operate within the system that is allowed to operate in. Right? Don't think critically. Don't break any rules. Um, anything that you're allowed to think about, you should think deeply on, and you should evolve those thoughts within the way that we want you to to do so. Um, and I think that that's why I never did good in school, man. I'm no genius, but I, by my nature, for some reason, I'm like hardwired to not just go with the flow of things. My sister is, by contrast, very much so. So 
Yeah, I, I'm a very similar like you, and like I actually dropped out in ninth grade, man. I had I haven't even gone to school. A lot of people don't even know that I've had so many different jobs, and they're like, and when I tell people, they're like, ah, well, man, how did you like? Because you know they're like they're like, oh, if you drop out, man, you're not gonna make it. You're gonna be nothing. And I and what I figured out is it's just like learning how to be a human and like learning how the mind works and how to talk to people and how to get things across and how to get your way. I learned it. Maybe people would consider it the hard way, but I felt like that's the best for me because now I wasn't indoctrinated. I was able to learn everything and I hated learning. Well, not hated it, but like when it started being like eighth and, and ninth grade, that's where I really just didn't like what because I was feeling like I was being forced uh, to learn something. And I was like, I don't want to learn that. And then it's crazy on my own. I was like, oh, now that I have that freedom, I'm going to go and uh, search this, read about this. And, and I learned way more. Yeah. Well, and and um, I hope I hope I'm not prying here. I thought that I heard you mention that you went to jail for a little while. Mm-hmm. Twice. Yeah, and I mean that's a learning experience too, dude. You know what I mean? And it's not like I'm sure that you got something out of that. You know what I mean? I'm sure that you learned. Yeah, and and let's preface jail, not prison. People always like I was in uh, jail twice for six uh, uh, six months. Did a little two little. You don't finish, and you're supposed to do. I was supposed to do all this stuff. I didn't do it. But anyways, yeah, it's great. Like when they say it in there, they say, "Hey, to be a man, you either have to go to jail or you have to go to the military." That's what people say because you need some kind of structure. It teaches you a little bit more about structure, and really does. Huh? That's wild. So you said it was jail, not prison. Yeah, not prison. Yeah. And because and over there, I was just like, to me, like, what it proved to me, I think everybody else has like their own like thing. But for me, what it showed myself is that I can last, I can get along anywhere. Mm. I'm good at talking to people. That's where I found like I was making everybody laugh. Like in California, it's a little bit different. You're separated by races, like each race has their own car and everything. Mm. And things happen, like people want to fight because, you know, someone's watching Scooby-Doo and they're tired of because it it's been on for eight fucking hours in a row and they're fucking done with it because, you know, or they that someone touched the newspaper or whatever. And it was funny to me because, like, every single person, because I talked to everybody, I didn't give a fuck. I was just like, plus, again, I'm not, I wasn't in prison, which is a lot crazier politics but i would just talk to everybody make everybody laugh just talk shit bullshit with people and nobody everybody would be like hey if shit pops off we got you man nobody's touching Mm. you like nobody's gonna fuck with you bro because like i was that positive energy i think they needed you know what i mean i was the one that was able to let them break away from these you know us being stuck here like because i would be clowning on people making funny songs clowning on the ceos you know i would make i would make songs like uh uh make little songs and chants that we could say to the ceos and I made it more fun and I think that is an aspect that I learned that people need you know not everybody has that um, ability to laugh on their own so it's good for them to have someone that can help them get there I think that's hilarious you said Scooby Doo when I was locked up we got a fight over (laughs) Dragon Ball Z (laughs) yeah am I the only one here I swear shit what's really weird though so i did really good in school and i had like academic scholarships and i really went to college and i was good at basketball i played basketball but man i hated school and i I think i just kind of flipped the other way the really cool thing was my parents always taught me like cognitive thinking so always had that going for me as far as you know they didn't believe that the world was what it was so i kind of had that there and i think their whole system with me was just give them what they want to hear and I think in high school that's what I did I was able to make good grades because it was just came kind of naturally for me I didn't have to try too hard but I got to a certain point that when I got out of like 
you know, the watchful eye of my parents and then uh, went off and then I got into music and everything else. And I was, and I was just literally uh, just went down a different path completely. Like I, I did got a lot of trouble, probably like Sean, I got in trouble early, uh, you know, got locked up. And then I realized, you know, I didn't want to do that anymore. So, you know, it came out and like he said, there's some structure to that too. That's taught in that way. For me, it was more of a structure yeah. of, I don't want to be here. Like this isn't freedom. And I didn't want to operate that way. And I think that also kicked in even more cognitive abilities because you realize like how many talented people are locked up that have so much talent, but they've had so many things that have happened in their lives that have, you know, pulled them away from whatever they could. And really the the system that is presented to us um, in the government, uh, what they're given with their talents to me, you know, what, what their talent, what they could do with their talents in, in any way. Mm. They're not given a lot to work with. So, you know, it, it, that's what they want from us. They, they want us to either really showcase our talent and, you know, Hey, we'll give you all this. If you let us use your talent or, you know, they they try to stifle it as much as they can too. And I think the system sometimes stifles it as well. Yeah, man, there's something to be said about just, um, I mean, jails and, and the prison system, I know that it's different than what, what you guys were involved in. Uh, jails as a whole, though, um, I'm not even going to ask what you guys did, but I think that, you know, there's probably other ways that that rather than sending a young dude to jail or prison for something that mm-hmm. unless it's murder, dude, or unless it's raping, especially or pedophilia or whatever. I mean, and dude, the pedophiles don't last long because even all these people that society says are scumbags don't approve of that shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And women beaters don't really last very well either. But they are they are protected um now, you know, like uh they, of course they literally are. like <laughs> they they protect them big time. That sucks. But there's rules like you said like if if I was to uh act, somehow be on a bus and I have the capability of of beating the shit out of a pedal or killing him, I have to <clears throat> or if I don't, it's me. Cause they're like, you had that. So, I mean, I kind of like that. I mean, I don't like the part that I'm like, man, then I gotta be here longer. Like that's the part that sucks, you know, but I kind of like that. They, they have that aspect, but I also think like for me, I'll say like, uh, this is how I got into conspiracies. You know, my dad died when I was 12 mm-hmm. and, and I don't, I didn't think of this at the time, but now as I've grown older, I've realized that like, that was my authority. So I didn't like any authority. I was like, you're gonna, man, shit. The person that tells me I can't do something's gone. You ain't telling me shit. So I would mouth off to a lot of cops. That's kind of how I got in a lot of trouble is because I would be like, man, fuck you. I don't give a fuck. Like I've been tased. I've been pepper balled. I've been choked out. I've been <laughs> hit. Like, you know, like I, 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 I didn't have a really good relationship with police officers you know what i mean i didn't like them and 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 sometimes it was me but a lot of times it was them and i and i grow uh, i grew to in the area i grew up in and 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 how they would treat us that's why like you know i've i've gone better now and i see that people are people but i see the structure of what a police force is especially the big um I call them the corporate police, you know, like L.A. and New York and these huge cities where they're just like, oh, I don't care what happens to you. Just say, you know, you go to go to go to yeah, court. you're a number. That's where I push me. Yeah, you're just a number. Yeah. yeah, man. I'm sorry to hear about your about your father, man. That's tough, dude, because it is something that is also um, we'll get back into this 10 point thing. That's number two that, that we'll get into here is breaking up the family unit. 
were you close with your father? Did you respect him on like a on a on a real level? Yeah, I was. I would tell you, I would be on a whole different probably level. Like, or or, or I don't know because at the same time, I we were very close since I was little. But it could have been at a thing where I split. I don't know. You know what I mean? Because maybe I would have tried to do this, do that. So I do see the relevance. What I tell people all the time is, I'm fortunate mm-hmm. that I had 12 years of a great father. That some people don't even get one. Well, dude, and and. Uh these paths in life i'm i'm kind of realizing more and more that you're supposed to be wherever you're at right now i i don't know if i believe in destiny 100% but there's something to it for sure i got in a horrible car accident a little while ago dude um shit actually not that little while ago now it was when trump was president still uh and i remember that because they asked me who was president and i said donald trump and i actually laughed um but <laughs> Yeah, dude. So this is about five years ago at this point, four years ago, maybe. And, um, dude, I should have died, man. Like, I don't even know if I got thrown out of the truck or anything. Um, landed on, uh, you know, what does Joe Dirt say when he falls? Luckily, my neck broke my fall. Um, I, I, <laughs> I hit hard, dude, and I have a massive scar on the top of my head. My shoulder is still completely the muscle and it's dead. Um, if, if I'm wearing like a tank top, it looks like I'm sitting there like this because like just this side's dead. Um, you know, and I'm lucky to be alive, man. And for some reason, I think that, you know, God or whatever kept me here at, at that time. I don't want to get all sappy and shit, but, you know, it's just it's one of those things, dude, where I, I think that everyone has their purpose, man. And um, like I said, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about that, but uh, I think your your father would probably be really proud of you, dude, for, you know, doing what you're doing. And Oh, definitely. Yeah. Usually I would have said, because usually people go, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I'd be like, why did you kill him? That's what you <laughs> well, I did not. But uh, no, I, I did not. I, I think that it's, uh, that it's beautiful that you can that you can sit there and you can talk about that without getting, you know, emotional. Obviously, this is a while ago and stuff, but. Yeah. And then plus, I, I, like I said, I think that's what. Um, and again, this is me at almost 39. Well, I'll be sure. 39 in a couple of weeks. At 20, you're not going to you're going to hear a whole mess. I'm going to be like I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm just going to be wild and stuff. But now being able to see the the things that he's provided for us, even though he's not here, like I have my mom. He picked her, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, who was able to treat us right when she was gone. And then to have my little brother who is now turning into my dad with his two kids. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like it's a beautiful thing to see now now that I'm able to sit back and appreciate it. Yeah, dude. And I mean, like I said, that the whole idea there and how you were able to move past, because uh, obviously you, you had some demons, you went through some shit. Sounds like both Definitely. you did a little bit. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not trying to fucking sit here and act like I was some saint. I was kind of a piece of shit, too. I was mm-hmm. just very lucky that um, I mean, dude, the amount of times that I drove drunk as a teenager when I wasn't even of age, like I, I got lucky and some people just don't have that luck. And for whatever reason, I I had luck until that luck ran out and I almost died in a damn car accident. So we've all had our problems, but unlike you, it seems like a lot of people can't get out of that, that little, when they're spinning their wheels and when they're just kind of devolving into a bigger and bigger and bigger piece of shit. And I think that that goes to this step two here that we're talking about where, you know, breaking up the family, breaking up the mom and the dad. Um, There's a lot of great people that I know who come from broken homes but without exception, they always wish that their parents would have stayed together. They always wish that. You know what I mean? Because like I'll always talk to these people and and I, I pry clearly. You can probably tell that I pry when I ask people questions. <laughs> and um and they always they always have the same thing. Like, yeah, I wish that my parents would have stayed together, but like I am who I am today and it's fine. Um, I think the goal here is to to create weaker people so that when you break up the family and you remove the bond, the parental authority as it's referred to here over children 
then they can become weaker and weaker. And then who's going to, who's going to govern them or who's going to tell them what to do the state, you know what I mean? So it's unfortunate, but we see a lot of people falling into that. Number three. I agree. And, and I think it's, it's, it's different uh, for people like, well, for me personally, I can't speak for anybody else. The reason why it's different for me is because my parents were able to create a great foundation. Sure. You know what I mean? And we never lost that bond. Cause I think when you split up, sometimes you lose that bond because sometimes the dad or the mom gets into a new relationships, maybe has another kid or, you know, uh, has stepbrothers, blah, blah, blah. You, you, you really muddy the waters. I was fortunate enough that my mom, that was the last person she was ever going to be with. She never, was never talked to anybody else that was like the love of her life you know what I mean so and then I had a very patient mother that was praying for me all the time and was there for me when I needed her so that foundation was important and she took that role of both and, and it's not easy to do but I think it's harder if like my dad was just like oh I'm out and now I'm just talking to these girls and just like ignoring me I think that's way harder to deal with sure man and yeah like I said people have people have their breaking points and all this shit and um they're, they're trying to move the breaking points, you know, lower and lower or, you know, people's threshold to deal with bullshit or any kind of adversity is really falling to almost zero. Um, when 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 a kid these days faces a little bit of adversity, they crumble and it goes to that whole thing where, you know, strong men breed good times, good times breed soft men, soft men breed hard times, hard times breed strong men. And it's just an oval or a circle. And um, you see that I think right now we're in the soft men are breeding hard times. Yeah. I think that we're absolutely seeing that we haven't gotten to the hardest of times yet. But um, number three here, this des destroy the Judeo-Christian family structure or the traditional Christian family structure. This is absolutely going on. It ties into step one and two. And um, a lot of these societies like the Martinists that I mentioned at, at the beginning of the episode here. They are Christian mystics, and they also follow the the esoteric aspects of Judaism, which is uh, Kabbalah. It's similar to Rosicrucians. The Freemasons are about that action, too. Um, so, you know, uh, we see this repeated, and I, I do find it interesting that they're trying to break these things up, that these secret societies, in my opinion, pretend to perpetuate. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I think that that they that these secret societies at the highest levels act one way, but then they're kind of fighting both sides of the war, similar to to Rockefeller and Standard Oil, as you mentioned with World War II, right? It, it's funny that you said that. Uh, it just made me think about this lady I work with at my job. She has this, you know, I I guess she's kind of on the woke end of things for sure, not mm. quite that bad, but just the way that she thinks about Christianity, she thinks that like. Christianity is this awful thing and it is in total power and it's suppressing everybody. And I'm like, wow, like actually Christianity is being suppressed. But I think it's that, like you said, they're playing both ends of the stick. So they're tricking people into thinking that Christianity is absolutely this, you know, awful dominant power that's crushing everything. We need to get rid of it. So I, it's, it's funny that you, you did say that because it, I just had a conversation with her today. I was like, are you serious? I actually said, are you serious right now? I was like, you know that, you know, that we're watching music videos with blatant, you know, Satanism in it, like it's nothing anymore. But yet, you know, anything, anybody brings up anything about Christianity, they get just crushed. I was like, how can you say that? She's like, no, it's the opposite. I'm like, I, 
I have to leave like sometimes some, with some people. I I can't you know go too deep because I'm like yeah it's, yeah it's not gonna work. Yeah, and you'll get in trouble. You know what I mean at work. Get get written up or some BS. You know you don't want to. Right. Some people like I, I'm all for trying to convince people, but at a certain point, um, you know if uh if two people are fighting that just aren't gonna get along, sometimes you win that fight by walking away. You know what I mean? So absolutely, it is what it is, man. But there's a there was another thought that I had um that you actually brought up by saying that where when Christianity first really started getting its power and I would say, Oh, it's tough to really nail down like a a solid time, but I would say in the 1600s, maybe, maybe a little before that. Um, I don't know if you guys would have a date or a time that would be more relevant than that. I can actually try and look it up, but like the 1600s, that that, kind of sounds right to me, right? That that's like with the, the great awakening and all this weird stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone, hopefully, someone's not punching the air listening to this right now and be like, "No, it was twelve hundred or something." But <laughs> it's right on your tongue, guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say it was probably the sixteen hundreds. I'm gonna go with that, just for for lack of of, uh, of a better date here. But um, they they did some pretty horrible things, right? And I think that that these people that were pretending they were Christians, I think that they were Satanists at the end of the day, hiding behind Christianity, just like the Kazarians did with Judaism, right? I mean, the oh the, yeah. The Kazarians pretended that they're Jewish, like the Ro- the Rothschilds. Everyone blames the freaking Jewish people for what the Rothschilds and what these really, really wealthy people that were not Jewish, right? Whether it be culturally or, or religiously, these powerful, evil fucks hide behind one of the Abrahamic religions. And they had their point where they could choose and they chose Judaism. Why? Well, mm-hmm. probably because they've been persecuted since the beginning of time. And it just made sense to go into this group. That's already has had a history with, you know, as far back as Egypt, where they are getting picked on. So I think that this different group hid behind the Christian, the, the Christian morals and starts doing the Inquisition and starts doing all these horrible things where they're lighting people on fire while they're alive. Jacques de Molay, um, the, the head of um, the Knights Templar, they burned that dude alive. You know what I mean? And um, this guy was kind of the head of a system that was very anti-Christian and these two factions are fighting. The Christians are suppressing and doing really rotten things to these people. Well, now maybe their ancestors who are ahead or their, um, I'm sorry, their, their lineage, the people that are in power now want to get back on behalf of their ancestors. And so now they're suppressing Christianity. Who knows? I mean, you can go anywhere with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, and I think even like in in American history, we can go with um, the Christians of the 40s and 50s are kind of why there's so much devil talking music and in um well, i would say mainly music because of how they were calling out certain bands and i'm not saying those bands they may have been planted but that's where you get that two sides fighting and that's when it became a rebellious sign you know what i mean like think about in the 60s where people were like and, and even the 70s where they're like they were embracing these dark arts as a sign of rebellion you know mm-hmm. and it became like oh man the, you know you conservatives just want us to like you know wear long skirts and not show our ankles and like i mean i'm exaggerating going a little bit farther than that but basically it was stuff like that where they 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 felt like we're not being able to express who we are and that's when i think opened the door for people to like oh man i'm just wearing this ironically and then it just kind of embedded into the the music forever yeah dude it is um it's interesting to think about where this could be coming from and and the different factions of it there was even there's this guy that i'm looking into and me and a buddy are going to do an episode on sunday 
I don't know when when the episode will come out. Hopefully, pretty soon. But this guy Nicholas Poisson, um, I think is how you pronounce his name. He's a French dude, and um, he hid all kinds of esoteric meanings in paintings because he was raised Christian. He was kind of forced to be Christian, but he was a rebel, and so he kind of like used his Christian roots. And probably, honestly, like these kind of people to like these guys inspire people like Madame Blavatsky and and Alice Bailey because they're pretending that they're one thing and then they're hiding using their knowledge of the esoteric doctrine. They're hiding messages in art. And I think that we see that today um, with music and with all kinds of things, movies. Right. Um it's it's interesting. So I'm excited to get into that more. He's like real big in the numerology and just does all these weird, weird yeah. things, man. So um, there's a lot of stuff that ties to France with the Freemasons big time. I mean, that's who gave us the Statue of Liberty was some some uh, French Freemasons. But um, number four here is pretty interesting, too. And, and we see this going on. All these seem so relevant right now. But number four is if sex is free, then make abortion legal and make it easy. And Alice Bailey says, build clinics for abortion health clinics and schools. If people are going to enjoy the joy of sexual relationships, they need to be free of unnecessary fears. In other words, they should not be hampered with unwanted pregnancies. So this is kind of like that hedonistic shit, right? Where it's like, you know, you're not responsible for your actions. The temptations there act on it. You're human. But if, if something goes awry and you get pregnant, you shouldn't have to deal with that. You know what I mean? Just absorbing people of responsibility, in my opinion. And the state will bail you out. You know what I mean? That's what's the the hilarious part is like, and I'm not against abortion or anything like uh, I think it's such a more complex thing that we need to talk about because I think it's something that with society, but in general, like the thing that annoys me is that people are just like, oh, yeah, it's fine. The state can bail us out. And I'm like, well, why do we want the state to be involved in any of this? You don't want them to be involved in, in, in your pregnancy, in any of it, and, and especially in abortion. And I think it's because, like you said, like a lot of these uh, new age people or uh, whatever we would call them at the time, like, you know, that's what they were. Uh, they evolved from the 60s and 70s and so on and so forth, or even back as far as the early 1900s. And they planted these seeds and they made people feel like, hey, it's OK if you go through this. It's OK, because one of the things I uh, don't hear talked about a lot is the emotional damage women actually go through from abortions you know like they may have wanted to have a kid or not want to have a kid when they were 20 but when they're 30 and now they can't have a kid or it it lingers over them like i can't believe i did that it, it's something that is really something that needs to be uh you have to be held accountable like you said because if you're not then it kind of hurts you in the long run yeah man and, and i i think that there are some kind of like deeper undertones to what abortion represents um the the whole satanic element to it you know what i mean and it's just kind of kind of a wild little thing but um you want me to go on to number five yeah go ahead okay um so number five is make divorce easy and legal free people from the concept of marriage for life that's um i think tying right in with the idea of of breaking up the family unit right i mean that's i don't see i i understand that divorce happens and uh, i don't hold anyone against or hold it against anyone man but i think trying to promote it right there's something weird about that right 
Well, I mean, they've been doing it for a long time. And I tell people a lot that think that things are happening right now out of nowhere. I'm like, you got to look at how society was chiseled away for decades, like to get to the point that we are now, you know, it's made things a lot easier to be pushed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when you start looking, you got to look at it from that scope. And I think when you break it down to people like that, well, yeah, look what was allowed in 1960 or 1970. Look what laws were passed. Look at this. It, it's, it's a slow, a slow chiseling chipping away to get us to where we are now. And I think, you know, these 10, you know, laws or rules that you're reading right now, I mean, they've been working on these for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I would say that Blavatsky, who, again, she died in the 80s or in the 1800s, not in the 80s, in the 1800s. I think that these were her core principles. You know how every good company, mm-hmm. every good uh, religion has like these these core principles. And for some reason, it seems to be either five or ten. Um, the same way, I think that she was a brilliant marketer. And again, I, I, I can't stand people like this, like her. But you got to give credit where credit's due. I, I think that, you know, it's responsible and and you know honest if you can hate something or what someone represents but still give them credit for like the way that they come at it i can't stand stacy abrams but i wish that that the right had somebody like her you know she's she does she's not a quitter dude and she blurs the lines of legality (laughs) but the but the lady gets shit done dude so i don't know i don't know how you feel about politics we probably don't need to get into it too much here because it's like one of those rabbit holes that you'll just you know people can just go down and and argue back and forth about it but um the the sixth yeah, one i'm here, not a big stacy abrams fan at all me I mean, neither. i'm originally from georgia i'm originally from oh, georgia shit. so i i i know how she rolls and and i knew how she was tied into davos and stuff right before she really got her little rise to power so you know she's definitely connected and i think that's my biggest issue with anybody i don't care what side of the spectrum right or left uh, when I see you connected with certain people, I already know where it's going to go. You, you can already tell. Well, sure. And like I said, man, I, I can't stand her. You know what I mean? But um, <laughs> I respect the hustle. I think that, you know, even mm-hmm. though it's it's rotten, I think it's nasty. But I respect the hustle. Like I said, I wish that the right had more people like that. The right is full of quitters. You know what I mean? That's the way I see it. And, and they're just kind of content with being like, yeah, we're the old outdated political party. But, you know, we're we're still important and we're going to be here and just slow things down. And they're not even doing that, man. I mean, Brian Kemp, I don't know how you feel about him. He's kind of a piece of shit Ugh, too, but uh, awful. <laughs> yeah. You know, and there's a lot of, do you know that um, Stacey Abrams was a writer before she was a politician? No, I didn't know that. Her pen really? name was, uh, she wrote romance novels. I shit you not. And her pen <laughs> name was, I think it was Susan Montgomery. And so, really? uh, yeah, dude, she didn't even go by Stacey Abrams. She went by her last name. I know for a fact was Montgomery, but she wrote like erotic novels. Oh, wow, man. Isn't that, you weird, know, and dude? that kind of, well, you know, it's actually not weird to me. And, and I think the reason why I don't think it's weird is because a lot of these people in power were some sort of like writer or actor or actress. It's like they pick people that they know they're going to be perfect for what they do. And I think a lot of these people are very creative. So they're creative. And when they're, when they get to these positions, they're super, like you said, you got to respect the hustle. She's super creative and how she gets what she wants to get done. Sure. 
Absolutely, dude. No, yeah. So um, I, I feel the same way about about Blavatsky and Bailey, even though I can't stand what they do. It's like, damn, I wish I had an ounce of that ambition. You know what I mean? Because I, I consider myself mm-hmm. like kind of like a self-starting dude and I have ambition, but not as much as these people, man. The, these guys take it to a new level. And that's why they have movements that go on and grow exponentially as they as they've been gone longer. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's wild to think. But um, this number six is interesting. Um, make homosexuality an alternative lifestyle. And one thing that they mention here in this document, which comes from Covenant University, I don't think we mentioned that yet. It's uh, it is a Christian university, but um, they note here that five hundred one c three organizations get in trouble. They they it's considered hate speech if they go against homosexuality. And this is why you're starting to see churches, which the 501c3, for those that don't know, this is that tax-exempt status where um, this is why churches don't have to pay taxes. If you have a 501c3 status, you can't go against the government. You can't do anything that the government doesn't want, and they don't want people throwing out what they're calling hate speech against gay people. So you're starting to see the church um, accept homosexuality as a lifestyle. Dude, I don't got a problem with homosexuality. But I do think, and and sometimes people get mad at me for saying this, but I think that it's paving the way for pedophilia because um, homosexuality was not accepted even, I mean, 50, 60 years ago. It was was looked down upon, right? And wrongfully so, I think, because I grew up in the 90s. My mom had gay friends and they were normal ass people, but the needle gets moved each time. And so now... Uh, I I firmly do believe that it could even be within our lifetimes that we see powerful people in society that are known pedophiles and it's just okay. Well, they're calling them maps now. They're calling them maps now. They got names for them now. Yeah. Uh, Minor attracted persons. I mean, they've got all of these things in place. Uh, You saying that made me really think about this uh, TikTok I saw of this gay guy and he said, you know, I remember when conservatives were coming at us about gay marriage and saying it was going to spawn off into a bunch of other things. And then he said, I'm looking at it now. And he's like, maybe they were right. He's like, I, I, I cannot believe like some of the stuff I'm seeing. And I agree with you. I don't think everybody that's gay. I've got gay friends. I, I don't think that has anything to do with uh, the movement of pedophilia as far as those people go. But I do think that the way that the media is pushing it is going to pave the way. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you now with all the, the drag stuff going on in schools right now and everything else, I mean, it could be five, 10 years from now, we're seeing grown adults walking around with small children that mm-hmm. are, well, you with. can get a, a, a hate crime by going at like uh, I knew this guy that went to jail for five years. Um, there was a pedophile that lived like kind of across the street from him. Uh, he was on Megan's law and he felt like, you know, he was like kind of looking at his kids. He said some shit to him and mm. he beat the shit out of him. And since he knew that he was a pedophile, uh, the crime was worse. So they uh, gave him five years because it was considered a hate crime. Because he was, you know, saying things like, you know, like when it, when the court documents he was calling, you know, call him a pedophile, always fucking him up and shit. But it's crazy how the protect they're protecting uh, these people that are like these are real 
deviants. Like when I was in jail, there was people that were in jail for bootlegging DVDs. That's not a like <laughs> that's not what you should be in jail for. You know, uh, uh, DUIs. Like like we used to say, like we're just fuck ups. Like we fucked up. You know, we did something. When you uh, even murder, I think you could come back from. You know what I mean? Like murder, like ah, heat of the moment. Uh, they, they they try to attack your family, or maybe even um, did something where you could do it once. You caught your wife cheating. You know, you snapped whatever. But pedophilia, that is beyond um, something that is in your brain, like, to think that's okay, you know? Like, when people are like, oh, he's just attracted to children. What do you mean he's just, the, uh, or she, whatever, you know? It's it, it's whatever. And I, I don't think it's because they're gay, you know? I don't think it's um, people that are homosexual or whatever we want to call it. Um, it's fault. But one of the arguments I used to use to people, because when I was like 18, 19, you know, there was like, um, you know, we'd have conversations about gay people. We've even had it with gay, uh, some of my gay friends. And I would tell them like, you know, everybody else's argument would be the church, you know, it's not right by God and blah, blah, blah. And I never said that to people. I would say, all I'm going to tell you is this, how does, how are humans procreated? Like, right. How do we make humans? It's a man and a woman. So that's obvious something that's science pretty much. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's how things are created. So maybe you're going that way because something is missing, misfiring. Why am I bipolar? Why do I have like uh, different things in my, because I have wires missing. And I think that's similar. And uh, if we don't address the actual problems, they'll never be fixed. Well, dude, It's proven too that there's chemicals in the water that do make people gay. Everyone ripped on Alex Jones for saying that. And I'm, not the hugest yeah. Alex Jones fan. I, I I think that he's done a lot for truthers. Um, but at a certain point, I, I kind of think that he's uh, corrupted and uh, not. I don't know. I, I don't know exactly how I feel about him, but he was absolutely right when he said that frogs are turning gay because of the chemicals in the water. It's a fact. You know what I mean? Um, that's why I think the gay population has spiked. And again, dude, I can't stress how much I don't have a problem with gay people. But I, I do have a problem with the way that it's pushed big time. And I think that gay people mm-hmm. have a problem with that, too, because most of the, the gay people that I even interact with, which are not very many, they all say that it was cooler when they were kind of looked down upon because they were kind of like re- rebellious by nature, too. You know, they didn't want like, yeah, they did their parades and they did all this stuff. They didn't want to be like have have to walk down the street and be called like any kind of names. But, you know. There, there's a there's a happy medium there, I think, where, you know, they're not getting beat up for their sexual orientation or being called all kinds of different derogatory. But if shit. you've noticed, uh, especially there's been a shift in the LGBTQ plus ABCDE uh, movement <laughs> yeah. is that like actually gay men, boom, they're out. Gay men are out like that's might as well be a white male. You know what I mean? A white cis male. Same thing with lesbians. That's why they call them turfs and stuff. A lot of the lesbians have been kind of kicked out. The initial people that were just, you know, regardless, because then we could break it down of why is someone gay and all that. We don't know. Right. Like maybe that is how they feel. I can't tell someone how they feel. But now what I'm noticing is that they're being pushed out when they fought for like, you know, you know, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, where they were like, hey, we're getting like you said, we're getting called names. We're getting uh, mistreated. We don't like this. They spoke up. They had like events and now they're being pushed out of these communities. Like, uh, uh, I hate the word communities cause it's not like really a community like the black and brown community or the white community. Like I hate those terms, but 
I think now they're being alienated. Now they're the bad guys. Lesbians are against. Uh, uh, they, they're not understanding what uh, uh, trans is, yeah. you know, or or bi. Like, why far. is bi anyways? Because if you're bi, aren't you just gay? Well, like, yeah, you might like women too. Like, I mean, I'm just saying. Like, it's it, it. They started keep adding these categories, and I think you're right. And not that the people, not a gay person, not a lesbian person, not a, even a trans person, they're not pushing the agenda of the pedophilia, but they don't understand that the there's an agenda that people are using with their movement which they do with every movement well th- look at black lives matter how how infiltrated was that movement you know what i mean i agree that black oh. lives matter you know what i mean i think all lives matter though too and all lives matter was somehow racist to say uh get fucked with that you know what i mean and they black lives matter doesn't even think that black lives matter dude they used black lives and they didn't donate any money until they were sued by i think michael brown's family and they had to give up some of that money and even Patrice Colors, one of the three witches that ran it, and make no mistake, they are a coven of witches. There's three of them. Absolutely. A coven of witches, dude. They use black magic to persuade people. Patrice Colors, the head of them, she's the one with the mole, said that, I think it's on her forehead, actually. I pointed my eye, my bad. It's, uh, she said, you know, if these people gave us their money, knowing what we stand for, then they should, they shouldn't, you know, get any of it back. Like we we told you what we were about. We said that we're Marxists, but you know you gave us money anyway to help Black Lives. Meanwhile, she's buying a two million dollar home. You know what I mean? So she's got five now. Yeah, I mean, dude, BLM is buy large <laughs> mansions. It doesn't mean bu- Black Lives Matter, dude. That's all that that is. It and even Tamir Rice's mother, um, the the kid, uh, the I think he was like nine, ten. The, he was shot by police. I think in Ohio somewhere. Uh, recently, I think last oh, year or the year okay. before, uh, her, her his mom spoke out. You know, this was years ago, but um, she spoke out and said they have never helped us yeah. once. They haven't done anything for us. So, and, and the thing is, is that people uh, get to these sides now, right? Like what I was telling, even like a lot of my friends that were like all oh, uh, uh, against BLM, uh, but they were also against uh, you know anti mass at the time because the vax wasn't wasn't out yet. But I was telling them like, hey man, don't you kind of see that we're all kind of on the same side? Let's separate the organization from the people that are angry in the streets. People are angry in the streets because of what's going on. You know, I believe we've been in a police state for a long time. You know, I've dealt with police and their attitudes, not individual levels. We can say how they are. But what we saw was a bunch of angry people that were a bunch of angry kids the difference between the january 6 and the blm crowd was age right the main re- thing was age uh, a lot of people at january 6 were older so a lot of those people are like ah, i don't want to get in trouble or if i've been in trouble before uh on the blm uh, other side of it i tell people all the time if i was 19 years old when this was going on i would be over there drunk and probably causing ruckus you know yeah. what i mean but since i'm older i'm able to kind of break it down more and i just think when we see these things kind of like evolving, sometimes people focus too much on like the leaders, which I think is good to uh, call them out. But at the same time, we group all the people that are there as they're part of that whole leadership and they're not you know they're there maybe for righteous reasons and things that will help and i think people need to stop and give them like hey let's listen let's talk let's instead of combative like oh we back the blue man like that's it and then i'm like i was telling them the whole time we're back in the blue and they're the ones that are arresting us and shutting down um, um these people's hair salons and and kitchens and gyms so where are we going you know we we could actually have a moment in time where we can reach across the aisle and be like hey man we got the same thing 
thing going. It, it sounds a little different, but when we talk about it, and that's why police brutality has changed because before the whole um, even um, – because the, the whole BLM started with um, what's his name in um, Florida with uh, uh, man, I keep losing them. I uh, with the hoodie Zimmerman and, uh, shooting Zimmerman. Uh, Trayvon Martin, Trayvon, Trayvon Martin, and, and the thing that was kind of ironic is that he wasn't a cop you know what i mean had nothing to do with uh cops at all and i think that was why it was started at that time because it kind of like eclipsed the whole actual police brutality thing that is a problem in america not not just a black white every single problem uh uh, every single race can deal with police brutality dude you want to go down a fucking rabbit hole look into zimmerman and trayvon martin's stepdad and mom all being a part of the Mm -hmm. same freemason fraternity dude it's insane. I know that Freemasons can, are only men, um, but the lady was, you know, Eastern Star and all in the same city. Mm-hmm. And and there's uh, some wild, wild stuff. I don't know how true it is, but, um, you know, there's a lot of like hand symbols and stuff that Zimmerman was doing throughout the court hearing. And well, even in this in, in on the surface level uh, in the case, uh, the girlfriend that was supposedly on the phone that was on the stand was not the actual girlfriend of Trayvon Martin. The real one didn't want to be, you know, she didn't want to be involved in the court case. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's a freaking rabbit hole. <laughs> I pulled up this chart here for you. I don't know if you can see the thing where it says a big purple false over it. Um, but this is what so Act Blue runs the blm funding so this will rear up i would say probably in a couple months and if it doesn't rear up in a couple months it'll absolutely do it probably in uh, may or june of 2024 when the presidential election comes up because this is when they rear up every political year um the the money gets funneled to these candidates back in 2020 uh, running up to that bernie was the number one um you know recipient of of the funding biden was next elizabeth warren uh pete Buttigieg, uh who's this last one the d the dccc which is the the dccc basically does all of the political funding distribution so that was just in there just for fun i guess amy klobuchar uh andrew yang and then you know the list goes on and on now they say that this is false this was around for months for months before any any you know mainstream anything tried to attack it and it is provable that act blue which also runs democratic funding was the the um you know recipient of the uh the the BLM donation so i mean i don't see this as a stretch at all bernie sanders is just out there just to in my opinion launder money he brags that he doesn't take any money from big companies it, what he does is worse. He takes money from individual donors and he uses his mm-hmm. daughter-in-law and his sister to launder the money to his organization. So, I mean, he's the biggest piece of shit out of all of them. I don't care how much money he has. He People bitch and complain that he has three houses. That's not elite if you have three houses. You know what I mean? There's people that yeah. are getting freaking, you know, they're they're walking out of their Rolls Royce Phantoms and flip-flops to go and get like a, you know, I don't know. It's It's insane. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, this is this is part of that money laundering, which is another thing I'm really interested in, um, because that that is kind of what what the focus of all this shit is, 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 you know, follow the money, all that good stuff. But um, I don't know if you guys want to get back to these these 10 points here. There's a couple good ones left. Um, Debase art, make it run mad. I would say that if we're going from, uh, you know, and I like hip hop, 
uh, and I like all the new music that's out there. I actually genuinely do. I'd say if we're going from Tavistock institutions um, and, and Tavistock funded groups like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and things like that, who were true artists, I think, and going into like Migos, who, again, I actually enjoy some Migos songs a lot. I mean, it's it's good to like work out to or run around to or, you know, just like hype yourself up. I don't know. I I think that this this art is kind of running mad in those ways. And I understand times are changing and whatnot. But um, what are your thoughts? I know that you have a, a a musical history, Sean and Joel. I'm not sure if you do, but what are your thoughts on like the state of art and pop culture right now? Well, we both uh, actually rap and like uh, do art and stuff. We still push out music, and I've even been part of it sometimes. Like you know, like probably the negative uh, negativity of it. I don't know if you guys ever seen, uh, there's a YouTube channel called the Tupac hoax. Uh, it's like dedicated to, it has so much good information. If anybody has a chance, go check it out. The Tupac hoax on YouTube. And they talk about like, even, uh, how Tupac particularly was like, uh, hip hop's, uh, Jesus per se. Like they killed him with Machiavelli. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, uh, and it would, he, uh, the album came out on Easter. That was a resurrection, so on and so forth. But what I found interesting is at a certain time, hip hop, when it was, uh, uh, trying to transition into like this more positive like when you had groups like de la so mm -hmm. and tribe call quest uh this more positive energy talking about this you know cool things like you know like hey it's a cool day you know everything like nothing that was too embraceive and then it kind of shifted into this gangster rap like where we embrace and I, and I do love gangster rap that's one of the things i grew up on and it's even even that shifted because at least we had the we would always tell people like hey you know yeah this is crazy but um we're talking about what we're seeing and you know people kind of put a different spin to it and it wasn't always as ne it was negative but kind of negative in a positive light and then it just kept progressively becoming this numbing type of music which again i like some of the music that's out nowadays but it is trancy. It is putting people into spells. Like when you see the Travis Scott uh, uh, concert, uh, other concerts that you see people at, they're just mindlessly, you know, just vibing out and they're not realizing what they're saying. And when it went from selling drugs to, you know, to make it, to, to get money, to feed your family, to now I'm consuming drugs all the time. And that's the most important thing is I'm consuming drugs and being depressed. I think it's weird to say that art doesn't um, inspire uh, uh, the community it, it is around. And I think people have embraced it. And that's why there is a lot of uh, depressed people. Uh, again, with that awake rapper guy, you know, like if you listen to his music, he had a couple songs out. It was more on that, you know, uh, depressive level and not just a heartbreak. Because, you know, in Motown, they had uh, heartbreak songs, but they were more loving and more soulful. And now it's like the soul has been taken out. XXX Tentacion talked about this a lot. And and he's dead now. You know what I mean? He talked about how you can put a mm -hmm. sad you can put sad lyrics out, but you can put frequencies in there that are more uplifting, whether it's five two eight, um, you know, uh, what four thirty two is another positive one. And the the tuning for music changed under the Rockefellers in the thirties. You know what I mean? So it went from being like a healing frequency bass to a more closer to demonic frequencies. And um from what I understand, 741 is the closest that we have here on Earth to the devil's frequency. And there's even certain frequencies that you can play long enough to where, I mean, if you listen to it long enough, it'll kill you. So there's there's definitely something to be said about this stuff, man, as far as the frequencies and like what you said about, you know, 
sad sounding songs and all that stuff. But there's some new wave for some reason that is, um, I think, inspiring kids to be sad. It's like being sad mm-hmm. is cool. Being upset and 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 hating the world is cool. Withdrawing from Depressed. society is cool. Without resolution, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's understandable that we're going to go through these little downfalls in life and how we're feeling. But it's like this hopelessness. I think hopelessness would be a better way to describe it because it's like, yeah, we're all going to be depressed at some point or sad or have a bad day or be angry. But it's this hopelessness of where we'll never get out yeah. of it. And that's the part that's scary. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, go back to the music thing, too, because, uh, you know, that's how really I met Sean was I sent Sean uh, some music from a group I'm in called Van Tesla with my boy Quan. And I sent him some music and Sean was like, man, I really like your stuff. Like, let's, you know, get you on the show. And, you know, for me coming up with music for a long time and, and watching the hip hop evolve the way it did. And then coming to a place of myself where, you know, I wanted to create something that was, you know, good but also speaking the truth and i think it's tough to find that balance sometimes because you get a lot of the rapidy rappers that are just like like the system in it but it's like you know it, it's not in a way that's being able to it's not conveyed in a way that people are going to pick up on or even vibe to and i think that was you know what was really important uh when Quan and i came together was to do that and then even you know even working with sean too and just seeing that evolution of music like you said it it it, it's it's become cool to be destructive in a way like even more so even even more so than the 90s when, when gangster rap started even the early 2000s when it was starting to get into the party stuff but it's it's always been about destruction. It's mm-hmm. never been about building something uh, with quality. And mm-hmm. I don't think that it's going to happen until enough people push back. And it's funny how Marilyn Manson was the, you know, anti-government, anti-Christian, you know, there <laughs> were people picketing outside really now the counterculture artists that are, anti-government in a different way anti-vax you know maybe lean more christian would probably have more people picketing outside now than if marilyn manson was to show up and do a show right now and i think that is almost hilarious that that it's flipped on its head that way well yeah, and no no artist i don't think should have people picketing you know there was a I, I, we actually watched a thing where there was a, a some latin american uh metal artist that was accused of killing Elisa Lam. I don't know if you guys are familiar with. Oh no, no, I know about this story. Yes, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, they weird. thought he did it, and he didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, yeah but he was playing into it because it's part of that cult. And I, I, I feel no sympathy for him because I think if you're gonna do that shit, <laughs> fucking own up to it. I would, I would claim mm-hmm. that shit until like I'd be like, yeah, and then like get to the lawyer, and be like, no, dude, I'm entertaining. You know what I mean? I, that's why I don't mess with that stuff. But dude, like, if you're gonna sit there and you're gonna have like blood on your face and like upside down stars on your chest and you're doing all this like demonic shit and then you're saying deliberately that yeah you had something to do with it dude i mean and then now this guy's like wants people to feel sorry for him <laughs> fuck that right. man i you know own up to it you know obviously there's a part of art and there's a part of performance that you 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 become someone else when you're performing in a way um not to the extent of like beyonce right with like the sasha fierce weird shit that she does yeah but um Man, I I do think, you know, you guys have have said how hip hop evolves. 
I think it's a devolution. I think that it's it's uh, devolving into something because it was something it was pretty beautiful, dude. Like you said, Tribe Called Quest and, and De La Soul. Um, freaking Blondie, I think, did did the most to make hip hop commercial. It was really underground until she got her hands mm-hmm. on it. Right. She heard it in New York and, and then she starts like kind of throwing little verses in with her songs. And, you know, it's something that that's when it kind of cracks the mainstream and people are like, oh, wow, there's this mainstream artist that is rapping on her songs. And then from that point on, it just goes down this road where it's like, okay, well, you know, the government who these record labels are tied in with the prison industrial complex, we can push crime rhyme and we can make, you know, all these, all these, you know, kids that are already coming from broken homes to site point two, um, we can devolve art to site point seven. And, you know, we can we can feed the prison system. We can feed our money machine with, um, you know, black kids that don't have dads around. Um, that's just my thought on it, dude. But I, it, it's it makes too much sense. No, it definitely did, because um, oh, yeah. like even with hip hop, because it used to be like who had the best lyrics, like who could rap for real? Like, you know, now it's like, oh, who cares if you could really rap? Like they've actually said a like, lot of it was funny. Lyricist. It was about your voice. Funny, like witty shit. You know what I mean? Now it's all just yeah, about like, like something that would get exactly it's about the beats now it's getting people. Now it's about the beat and not really so much what the person says and that that really has changed things. But I think that um, as far as what I've been trying to do now and I think that people should start doing this instead of, you know, like there are a lot of like things called like drill rappers and stuff like they they talk about their ops. And what I told people is like, well, I'm, I'm going to be doing that music too, like not drill rapper, but I talk about my ops too. But my opposition is the government and these uh, satanic cults. So if we instead of aiming it at the guy that lives on the the other block because it's a different you know a different set or whatever let's not aim at that guy because he's probably on the same level as me is like we're both just trying to eat let's start putting our opposition to be these government officials and these luciferians and all these people in these secret societies i think that's what gangster rap should aim for now dude i love the idea man um but i mean it's almost like you set this up here the uh the number eight use media to promote and change mindset I think they've done such a good job of dividing black versus white, um, you know, left versus right, straight versus gay, all these different groups. They really do fight. And and a lot of people in this conspiratorial community and the truthers, so to speak, say that people really aren't that different out on the streets. Man, I talk with thousands of people a day because I my job is kind of weird. I go from store to store and I interact with thousands of people. I see the division very much. And I live in Arizona. It's a little different than some other states. Um, It's not as racist as people do claim, even though we do have a uh, senator or a a congressional candidate who is a black guy, by the way. But he is uh, his campaign manager is um, a self-proclaimed time traveler named Baby Q. And uh, I mean, this is very real. This isn't fake. (laughs) This is a real thing right now. I I don't know what the hell is going on in this world right now. But the division's real, dude. Um, people are, are a little too optimistic and I, I appreciate your optimism, Sean, but I do, I do feel that you're a little optimistic when it comes to this man. And maybe, maybe you have to be, but, um, 
No, I, I I do think, of course, uh, optimism plays a part. But I also too have talked to a lot of people. I I talk to every single person that like not deep conversation every single sure. person, but I talk to every single person I encounter all day mm-hmm. long. And I I see the division. I do see the division. I'm not saying that people aren't divided on things, but I'm talking about like when you really get down to the core issues. When you really like go, hey man, well, what do you want to do? Like, why do you not like uh uh the right? Why do you not like the left? And 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 they're they're stupid. Pet- Mm -hmm. reasons you know what i mean and we since like you said number eight they want to change and and manipulate us through media i think we have to do the same thing you know what i mean we have to fight back like i'm not saying that everybody's going to just like you know oh yeah you're right sean but i think that the more we push back and more people like us push back and when we have these conversations we're saying hey here's their 10 point plan let's do the same thing but the opposite Mm -hmm. way yeah, man. I, and I think that you see that with podcasters. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I think that the podcast community has been watered down quite a bit. And um, I actually did a rant that got me in trouble with some people that I, I think that there's too many podcasts out there at this point, because I think that it is kind of eventually and, and very soon, I think people are going to be pushed away from podcasts because there's some people that are out there podcasting that have no business doing it. You know what I mean? Where they get yeah. on there and they talk about the weather and they talk about you know their their day-to-day life and they're not interesting people and they're just out there and they just want friends so they're just talking and i get it if you want to do that more power to you but i think it it is kind of like a double-edged sword i put a lot of effort into my show it's clear that you guys do too um pretty much anyone that i interact with puts a lot of effort into their show and i think that those are extremely important but um there's a but that's what separates us that's what i'm saying like i think i always believe that even like in hip-hop and so because we've seen that a lot too like where uh artists are propped up because i mean i used to go to shows and uh people would bring they would like oh yeah they could bring 100 people i'm like yeah that's their whole family so <laughs> yeah that's that's cool you know what i mean so i think that uh you know we always the the we will always succeed succeed over these people because people are going to recognize what they want to hear and, sure. and you're right like there's a lot of people i've heard that like uh, i try to put a lot and i'm not i'm a per, not a perfectionist but i'm not even happy uh i'm satisfied but i'm not where i want to even be at yet you know what i mean as oh, far yeah. as the sound i'm just talking sound alone sound is huge for me i'm like oh man it's, man, it's got a little crack right there like i'm still adjusting my sound on my procaster as we've been talking this whole time <laughs> that's funny i mean i don't know how you feel about this joel but like you know how uh every rapper that's like on like the world stage um, go from like Little Wayne to um, I mean, pick a pick a big rapper, even someone like Kodak Black, who's not very cerebral in their raps. They all say they're the best rapper alive. Every single one of them mm-hmm. says they're the best rapper alive. I like to say that about me as a podcaster, not because I'm trying to shit on everyone, but I like to believe that like my shit's better than everybody else's. You know what I mean? And it's no disrespect, right. but I think that you kind of have to do that. When a lot of people in this conspiratorial area, especially, they're like, I don't like competition. I don't like all this stuff. Let's just all be out here. There's enough for everybody. It's like, no, there's not. Let's fucking be real here. Try and do a good product and say with confidence that you're the best at what you do instead of being like, no, man, like everything's good. We can all do this. Everyone should do it. You know what I mean? I I have a big problem with a lot of that stuff, man. No, I agree. I think you got to have a certain level of respect, you know, for people that you know that are good and at the same time also know if somebody's not. I mean, I think as in any, you know, Field. facet of life, yeah. really. You know what I mean? I mean, I know, you know, Sean and I talk about it. I mean, there's guys that, you know, 
reach out, want to do music with me and stuff. And, I, and I'm pretty open, you know, to do music with people. But at the same time, you know, I I start asking people certain things. And if they don't know certain things, then I know that they're not at a certain level. You know, what studio equipment you're working with? Um, you know, do you understand uh, track stems? Different things that are just to me basic, but a lot of people don't know. So, you know, yeah. I don't know you start asking those questions. You start asking those questions with people and then you can know if they're well, you know, can mesh with you you know with sean it was easy like he and i and uh kwan just did a song called woke summer and uh you know it was very easy for me to say hey sean uh you know i'm gonna need uh track stems ad libs i'm gonna need all this on uh separate tracks uh send them to me raw he didn't have to ask me what all that meant it was very easy for me to tell him hey i need these things how quick can you get them to me hey i'll have it to you in a few days boom I will say this, even with music, uh, I've always told everybody, you, anybody could do music. Uh, I And I love the competition. I am, a, I used to be a battle rapper, used to battle all the time. And I love like, you know, going heads up with people. But I would tell anybody, anybody could do this. I would go, if I can do this, anybody can do this. If I can podcast, anybody could podcast. But don't get mad when you ask me, what do I think? Because I'm going <laughs> to tell you what I really exactly. think. And I'm going to break it down. I'm going to be like, hey, like, I'm not going to just tear you down and just like, oh, you suck. I'm going to be like, hey, look, this is what sucks about your podcast or this is what sucks about your music. This is what you need to improve on. And people do not like that. People do not like constructive criticism. And that's why they'll never grow and prosper in podcasting music or any yeah. of it. See, when when I started, I, I liked the honesty and I still like the honesty when someone goes, even though I might disagree, I might like really love the song I did per se, or man, that last episode was fire and someone's going to give me their opinion, but I'm going to take that into account. Like, oh, you know what? Maybe I could have done that better. You know what I mean? Or that's what you need. But all these other trophies, for everybody gets a trophy uh, kind of life where everybody's like, oh, what do you mean my podcast? Not great? It's not great. The sound is horrible. Um, you have boring topics. You're just going, um, um, or you have a horrible voice that you shouldn't be in. And like, yeah, if your whole or thing is about a voice. You kind of have to have at least like a, a decent <laughs> voice, right? So, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I think that's pretty important. <laughs> Yeah, man. No, I've helped. I hate those whole session like this. Yeah, yeah if there's the a lisp involved. Man, a... Pack it up. You know, do something. Do something more visual. Right. Um. <laughs> All right, man. I've uh, I've helped a lot of people start podcasts, and and I don't regret helping anyone. But there's there's people I've helped where I'm like, ah, maybe you shouldn't be doing this, but it's yeah. fine. Um, number nine here is interesting. Uh, create an interfaith movement. And uh, I wanted to read through this really quick because I think that it's it's key uh, of, of the interfaith movement. Alice Bailey wrote, promote other faiths to be on par with Christianity and break this thing about Christianity as being the only way to heaven. By that, Christianity will be pulled down and other faiths promoted. So this is the idea of Christianity, which the United States, the most powerful country in the world, supposedly founded on. Newsflash, it was not. But, you know, this is the narrative for a lot of people. Um, Christianity is the biggest religion in the world that overtook Islam uh, recently. And um, so it is a very powerful religion. So it seems like everything is going counterintuitive to the way that they want, which I think is honestly good. But as long as the Christians keep their, their wits about them and they don't uh, become, you know, like they were back during the inquisition and, and when they start, you know, trying to persecute people, um, this this is the idea where Christianity will be pulled down to every every religion's equal. All these religions are battling and bickering, and then the one world religion comes in because of the division. 
It's the same idea with martial law being enacted in the United States, where the, the reason why the polarization is going on, the right has been moved as far to the right as they can, and the left has been moved as far to the left as they can, and they'll still keep pushing until they're ready for martial law. Because when the right is fighting the left physically in the streets, that's when martial law comes. Now, this is just on a larger scale. There's multiple religions where there's just two political parties here in the United States. Um, this will be on a global scale. And then and then again, your, your Antichrist figure comes in. And um, she goes on to say, Alice Bailey goes on to say, promote the importance of man in determining his own future and destiny. Humanism, in all caps, there's emphasis here, humanism. Tell man he has the right to choose what he wants. And I, real quick, why is she not throwing out she here? It's very sexist of her. Um, throw out what he wants <laughs> and be, uh, and he can make that happen. He has the right to determine his cause. No room for women in Alice Bailey's narrative. So I would think about that uh, before you uh, you follow these. What are your guys' thoughts on that, on, on number nine there? Yeah, I mean, it's I, here's what I think, too, to what you said about you triggered something when you said Christianity was number one and it didn't pass Islam. It made me think, though, that how much of Christianity is infiltrated by the powers that be. So how much of it's really Christian? So I think that's a lot to do with it, too. I think they've done sure. a great job of infiltrating, even with the Catholic Church, um, to infiltrate the system. So when that moment comes whether it's triggered by project blue beam or whatever where you know alien invasion or its connection to the real gods that helped create us the aliens or whatever else right um when that happens i think it's going to be easy to shift what you thought was christianity into this new one world religion because i think a lot of it's been infiltrated i i, I hate to say it but i think even more than 50 percent well, what it makes me think of is similar to like when we were kind of going over the abortion issue and I didn't really get to put that all out there. But like with everything, like my thing is that, yes, I do believe people should make the choices. Like I don't think the state should force anybody to make a choice of, of any level. Right. Like on drugs, anything. But I think that we need to build these societies uh, to make to help people want to make the right decisions for themselves. And I think that with all these religions that they've put so much bounds and maybe so many different um, other secret societies or powers that be have infiltrated all kinds of different religions. So maybe that's what has tainted them. Um, I think that they, they also push people away. You know what I mean? Like when someone makes a mistake, like if someone has an abortion, like not every single person that's having an abortion is a, is a horrible human being uh, that is trying to kill uh, another human being. They are at a messed up time in their life where they're not really sure what they're doing and sure there is some that don't care that have no conscience of it but i think these disconnects that we have which sometimes religion forces us to think like that um so that's why i think we need to flip it on them with that number nine again like everything to me is flipping on them and and embrace people and give them compassion but at the same time tell them the, the hard raw truth you know what i mean you need that both sides of like look I'm going to give you compassion and empathy, but at the same time, I'm not going to break it down to you and be like, oh, it's okay. No, you'll be hard. No, I'm going to say, hey, you fucked up. You know what I mean? You can redeem yourself, but you fucked up. And this is what you're going to have to do to uh, better yourself as a human being because at the end of the day, it's about 
it's it's not about just you but i'm saying like if you work on yourself like everybody's always trying to fix everybody in every religion uh spirituality everybody's trying to go oh i can make this person better i can make this person you can't make anybody better you can't change anybody's mind you can only work on yourself now in turn you can raise your energy and be a better person and show an example to everybody else and that will rub off on people just like when you're talking with your friends and you have uh, a friend from new york and or, or from california or from whatever state and they have a certain uh, dialogue or uh, uh, slang that they use, it, you will start. It will rub off on you, right? You will start talking like that. You will have a certain accent, or you will have something that uh, is a piece of what they say. And I think that is what we move forward with. But since people are too busy trying to fix others or to uh, persecute others or judge others, that's one thing I have problem with, especially with Christianity in particularly. Not to pick on them. But in the Bible, it says, do not judge anybody. And there's like, yeah, I, I believe the Bible. And then they're judging everybody. They're like, oh, man, look at that guy over there. And I'm not saying we don't all do that. But I'm saying you should have, you know, be conscious, uh, self-aware uh, uh, of what we what we do. You can't just go out there and be like, ah, I can say whatever the fuck I want. Like, I do. But then I also check myself where I'm like, I'm not going to censor myself. But I'm also not going to go be rude to a bunch of people, you know. I'm going to be like, hey, this is not the right time for me to be live and wild. <laughs> These people think differently. That there's no way I'm going to get anything across to them being like, eh, motherfucker. Like, I'm going to have to be like, hey, how's it going? You know, I'm going to have to adapt. Yeah, you don't walk into a library and start screaming, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's the, the spiritualist people do this too, you know, when they say, oh, that person has bad energy or any of the bullshit yeah. that, they, that they do. Dude, I have such a beef with the spiritual people, man. But um, I love it. It, it is. <laughs> all, all people do it. You said it really well right there. All people do this. All people judge. All people um, want to find faults. And I am actually very turned off more often than not of people that are very overwhelmingly positive about everybody. Because what the hell is going on in that head of theirs? You know what I mean? Everyone thinks negatively about all kinds of shit. If you're not going to say it out loud, what are you thinking inside? And I think a lot of these people end up being really, really dark especially if they get angered. And I've had experiences with these people um, where, you know, they seem very, very nice on the surface, but then you do the wrong thing or you something that they don't agree with and they go fucking ham on you. You know what I mean? They go absolutely insane. So I don't know, man. Um, every, every group has their, you said it great earlier. I think it's balance, man. I think balance is the key. Like you can't be one way or the other. Like I try to go forward with a positive attitude and try to treat everybody sure. right. But at the same time, and, and I had a problem with this when I was younger, like, you know, like I might be in, you know, be too nice. And then like, I blow mm -hmm. up, you know, now I find a balance where I'm like, you know what? Yeah, this is the positive. I also like, don't like to dog on people. Like I do talk shit. All of us talk shit on people. And we, I see the negative side of people and I will talk about that. But then I also always want to be like, well, is there a positive trait? If there is not a positive trait, especially if they're a friend or something, then I don't want them around anymore because there's no reason for them to suck away my energy. You know what I mean? Like it make me feel like weird or a black cloud over me. But at the same time, I want to point out the positive out there or what they can do to increase that positivity like hey man you're really good uh, you're a great artist but hey man you kind of you know you drink too much or you smoke too much dope or whatever it may be if you lessen that maybe you would be able to do more art i think those are the balance you got to find with people instead of just saying like oh you're a piece of shit drunk you're like well there is good attributes of this person but what could they do to improve that but at the same time uh people do this with, with death i see this a lot with death you know 
someone dies and they act like they were never a bad person. Like they never did anything ever wrong. They were like, Oh, don't you say that about him? I'm like, Hey man, he was an asshole. I loved him. Like, you know, he's my friend. He's my brother. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he was who he was, but people like to after right when someone dies, everybody goes, Oh man, they, they, you can't say anything bad about them. Can't bring up any stories that were negative. And I'm like, but that's, that's a false sense of reality. You know what I mean? We knew him. He was a jerk sometimes or her, you know, that she was a bitch. Like there's nothing wrong with that. We still love them that was part of the reason we did love them you know i i like that when i have friends i have some friends that are big bitches you know they're cool and i don't mean bitches as in like i mean women that are just like very aggressive you know and and it's good sometimes because they'll go and they'll yell at the manager for me and i'm like well now i don't have to do this shit because i wasn't gonna do it at all i was just gonna walk out but hey this is kind of cool it's <laughs> <laughs> very alice bailey of you i like it dude you're, <laughs> you're adopting the lucius trust um I'm starting my own. I'm starting my own uh, uh, Sean Chris trust. The the uh, you can donate at little society around <laughs> killing the mockingbirds, dude. I like it. Yeah, um, <laughs> they're just gonna be a bunch of kids snapping birds' necks. Great, <laughs> I know, right? Hummingbirds, or yeah, I, I said hummingbirds, but mockingbirds are pretty easy to kill too. Um, this tenth one's very straightforward. There's there's nothing really to it. Just get governments to make all of these law and get the church to endorse these changes. Very very straightforward. Um, we're already seeing that right now. We kind of cited that with the 501c3 idea where you can't, where it's, it's considered hate speech to go against yeah. gay marriage, right? Um, which this is traditionally part of what makes our system a two party system. And dude, I, I would actually argue that when the, when the Christians were going against gay marriage, we had a better country back then, man. I understand that there were some things that were wrong with it, but as a whole, the country was operating much better than it is today. Um, maybe that's a little simple to look at it in that way. I'm not saying that gay people shouldn't be allowed to marry again. I really don't care. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's important to have two sides that don't necessarily agree, but they can disagree in a civil manner. I think that's very important to an, an actual democracy and a Republic democracy at that. Um, now I want to get really quickly into this dude. Um, and then I'm down to talk about whatever you guys want to. This is the guy right here that made all of this happen. This is the guy that made all of these go into schools and churches, those 10 steps that we talked about. Um, I don't know if you want to rifle through them one more time without any interruption um, to, to reiterate them, or if, if you think that your, your audience would, would get that, but um, you know, the 10 steps that we just went over. Yeah. I think uh, just to like go over the, uh, like the, the names, the title of each one would be nice to like kind of, Get it seared in people's head. So number one, take God and prayer out of the education system. That's number one. That's first and foremost. Number two, reduce parental authority over the children. Number three, destroy the Judeo-Christian family structure or the traditional family uh, Christian family structure. Uh, Number four, if sex is free, then make abortion legal and make it easy. Number five, make divorce easy and legal. Free people from the concept of marriage for life, um, even though it's literally in the vows. Uh, number six, make homosexuality an alternative lifestyle. Number seven, debase art, make it run mad. Number eight, use media to promote and change mindset. Number nine, this is a long one. Number nine, create an interfaith movement. Number 10, Get governments to make all of these law and get the church to endorse these changes. So those are all 10 of yours. And um, 
you have this guy, this Dr. Robert Mueller, not the same Robert Mueller that was involved with the Trump hearings and all this stuff. But Robert Mueller is the former assistant secretary general of the United Nations and chancellor of the United Nations University for Peace. And he is the uh, chairperson for the Peace Party back in 2000 uh, when this article was written in 2017 or this thing, this information was passed to the uh, Covenant College. Um, they were looking deep into this guy and he obviously a high roller within the UN really looked up to Alice Bailey and, and wrote this entire thing based off of her work and the 10, 10, um, you know, theosophical new world order commandments come from Alice Bailey with him being sort of like this, um, if we're going to say like, you know, th this Holy Trinity, we would say Madame Blavatsky, Alice Bailey, and then Robert Mueller. Robert Mueller would uh, definitely be a key aspect in in pushing this onto the people. So um, we see it. We see it over and over again, man. And And it sucks that people don't really know who Alice Bailey is. A lot of people know Helena Blavatsky. Um, less people know who Alice Bailey is and even less people know who Robert Mueller is. So, you know, these are people that I think rather than, you know, obsessing over our senile president of the United States, Joe Biden, who doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground, we're going to focus on him and not even pay attention to where his commanders are getting the commandments from. You know what I mean? It's it's insane to me. And and it's it's sad. But, you know, to kind of tie it in with your your title of your show, Sean, you know, this is Mockingbird Media shit. People don't know what to say. They repeat the narratives and they just they 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 don't have an original thought, man. It's refreshing when you meet someone with an original thought. It's it's far and few between between when you see this, you know, out in the wild, so to speak. Well, that's what makes life more interesting is have having differences and having original thoughts. Like I, I if I had to talk to somebody that agreed with everything I said, like it's like what man, I'll just stay home then. Like what the fuck is the point of talking to people? I like that they have a different perspective and a different life experience it because that's what helps me learn what this human experience really is. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's interesting, dude. And, um, you know, we, we went all over the place there. I, uh, I thought this was a fun conversation. I didn't want to just like kind of drone through the rest of the same shit that I talked about in, in previous episodes. Um, if any of your listeners are interested in some of the more foundational aspects of Lucius trust, it's, um, there, there's seven key components on top of those 10 and it's to merge. So when, when you go through these, these seven things, these are sort of like the foundational ideas that spawn those 10 ideas. Um, number one, merging God and nature, and they call this ecology. Um, this is very, very pagan, um, you know, worshiping the creation, not the creator. Number two is eugenics, which we see. Um, eradicate male-female distinction, create androgyny. That's number three. Number four, world peace and nuclear disarmament. Uh, that is such a double-edged sword. It's insane because someone's going to have that final nuke. What what would keep them from from using that last nuke if if they're the only one that has the last known yeah. nuke? Um, five, one world eco economic and financial system, which you know, hello cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and all this bullshit. Number six, one world government. 
um, number seven, One World Religion. And this is the one that the Lucius Trust is the forerunners for, is this One World Religion aspect, the seventh and final aspect of the United Nations. So there you go, dude. Man, you killed it, man. You, uh, it's been a great episode, man. I think uh, you gave a lot of informal information. And I like that we were able to get a different spin uh, of the Lucas Trust. You know, like you were able to get the information out, but then we also got to like kind of weigh in and how we can relate it to like what's going on now. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's important always. And um, obviously, dude, if, if anyone's interested in looking into the Lucas Trust, there is a ton of information out there. And um you know, I, I think that it's good that you guys, you know, being in the music world and, and, you know, being passionate about that and then also passionate about some truth and like reality is very important, man. I think that you guys are doing something pretty cool here by doing that. And um, I, I, I hope that some big things happen with your show, dude, and, and people will get inspired to look into this shit and not just like retreat into nature and do all this stuff that so many people like to mm -hmm. do when. When they try and get into some of this real stuff, dude, I'm not going to lie, man. I have anxiety all the time because I'm constantly looking into dark, dark shit. And um, I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it. I think that that's why <laughs> God saved me or whatever saved me in that car accident, whatever it was that saved me that night. I think that I'm meant to uh, not suffer through this stuff, but to to, uh, you know, look through this stuff and try and expose even a little bit because not enough people are doing it, man. So I really appreciate the opportunity to come on your show and talk with you too. You guys are fucking cool. Yeah. I always like chopping up, man. This is like our third conversation. There'll be plenty more in the future, man, but where can everybody, if they would like to get uh, more of Ryan and dangerous world, where, where can they find you guys or find you? Yeah, man. Well, uh, sometimes people think that I have multiple personalities, so you can call me. They, I go by they, them. <laughs> um, no, no, I do. I do really, again, I can't thank you enough for having me on your show, man. This is, this has been a blast of a conversation. This, uh, two and a half hours or whatever it is flew by, dude. It's getting dark at my house now. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? Um, yeah, man, uh, Ryan, you can, you can find me uh, over on dangerous world podcast everywhere. Patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast. I do full episodes over there. And, uh, website if you want to support the show in that way we we do t-shirts and uh you know hoodies and stickers and all that shit over at dangerousworldstore.com and um we're trying to do some more things too more product lines that are going to kind of tie the conspiracy community together in like fun and healthy ways and uh so that there there's a new product line that'll be coming out from a different company that I'm affiliated with in like a kind of a roundabout way and we're going to cater to the conspiracy people so like i said uh, i can't talk too much about it until it's released but i'll let you guys know and maybe you guys can have your own um like official product through this company too because um you know we're trying to tie all these conspiratorial podcasts and truther podcasts together in like a fun way for everybody and, and get everyone involved so your your name and your your the shit that you guys represent definitely ties in with what we're doing over there so We'll uh, we'll see if we can get you a little separate line through that. Yeah, that sounds good. Oh yeah. And then everybody, you know, like uh, I'm supposed to say this more because I never say this. You're supposed to like and subscribe, you know, on Apple, Spotify. But I also like to tell people that, like, you know, uh, we're not going to probably be on Apple and Spotify forever. So really get involved in that podcasting 2.0. Go to podcast uh, newpodcastapps.com. Find yourself a new podcasting 2.0 app because uh, Adam Curry is trying to save podcasting uh, by like. Uh, 
Because he's the original guy that sold the podcast index to Apple and them. So, you know, just try to look at a new app because why are we going to keep giving this money to Apple and Spotify? Let's let's put this in, uh, you know, diversity, you know what I mean? <laughs> Diversify. And where can we find you, Joel? You can find me on uh, Instagram and TikTok where I go really, really crazy. Um, surprisingly, I'm not banned yet. Uh at van underscore tesla underscore uh you can catch the van tesla music at joel thomas on apple music uh spotify title any of the of the major distributors or you can go to Quan duke all of our stuff's connected there uh check out the new song woke summer with me Quan and sean and Jen Saki, baby, you know I'm gonna call you later i'm sorry i didn't get to shout you out today but i i, I love you little ginger treat you like that little Greek ginger chick, dude? Oh my god, man, she's she's lovely, man. We're, we're just two soulless gingers, man, just trying to find our way. What the fuck? I thought that you would have said that earlier. What? Are you serious? You think she's hot? Yeah, man. Man, she's she's my baby, man, for sure. Yeah, she's waiting on my call though. I I, I didn't get to shout her out earlier. She's probably mad at me though. What? Well, you know how we do it here. Wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. Are we out? Brah! I'm taping my dick and my balls in my leg. I'm taking these water balloons and I'm stuffing my bra. Just in my wig, bikini Chanel. I joined the women's beach volleyball league. I'm spiking the ball so hard the concussion, so I'm hitting that head. It's only technique. Shot two, shot three, shot four. Five shot, six shot, seven shot, four. I love me some Kamala, she is phenomenal. Proving that anything's possible. From side chick to Montel, she must be a minor. The way that she worked all the shots to get to the top of the capital. Almost forgot about Brandon, still, still stuttering all of his speeches. Cue up the clap track. Green screen, some more people. Rachel Levine's sack clapped. Everybody worked up about Elon. Buying Twitter like he gon' save us. Left and right, squabbling while he got chips for your head, calling him courageous. No bueno. I answered and no one start calling me Mayo. Digital cheese on the way though. Get you a bowl of outfits. It's a woke summer. I need another booster. Before I hit the beach, BLM on my koozie. Coming in some stove. Beyond me looking juicy. Checking on your privilege, they them drop your booty. It's a woke summer, I need another booster. Let's party in a mansion, let's call Patrice Colors. Virtue signal every damn flag but my own. Cause we're all so oppressed, let me tweet it on my phone. Swipe white, boost the badge for the COVID hoes on Tinder. Turn a nuclear summer. With COVID's winter These are moments to remember As I'm puffing on my ember Moderna and Pfizer Time to go on the bender Don't assume my gender Purple bangs just a black Non-binary doctor Betty Cocker Fighting all mess monsters Myocarditis playing soccer Klaus Schwab storing home warm blocker Kick rock, slap ass at the Oscar Yellow and blue emoji It's a woke summer I need another booster Before I hit the beach BLM on my koozie Coming in some stove Beyond me looking juicy Checking on your privilege They them drop your booty It's a woke summer I need another booster Let's party in a mansion 
Let's call Patrice Colors. Virtue signal every damn flag but my own. Cause we're all so oppressed. Let me tweet it on my phone. Had a couple kids with Alexa and Siri. NPC sincerely. have a common what they spoil rotten don't egg them on it's a problem walk around our shells when you carry that cotton this life is 26.2 when you throw medusa who you point to newfound thinker i'm an nft but the caveat is you can't purchase me small contract got contingencies i'm solid with solidity oh, your vpn still collect data metaverse is an impale from a trap house to a blockchain yeah it's all the same thing as to what with the whipping the gust with the chicken it's all just a vision let's hide our lines how many of us is in a quandary how many i'm just one let's glance at the stars one way ticket to mars who's the subject for the cars we gotta do it for cars they're a sneaky little fox but i'm jamie give them bars sit a sit up by the law i keep it 300 my thoughts I'm boosted both waves, I'm riding my horse I'm out of the spider to the ones with remorse I picked a degree and still have some worth Challenging free and I'm not the first to pay Gases are bad and perplexed are worse I'm starting to see you guys ain't way V, you just wanna make things worse How dare you? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.